Hey, folks. Sorry about today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very sorry. We just never really got the energy level. The day up. we changed the day that we normally do. We ate. Just I got. I'm off. I'm off the pizza for a while. I'm. I'm wondering if it's a lack of white or brown too here. That makes a difference too sometimes I mean, in the in the overall moods. Maybe, but I'm telling you, I've I'm been eat, an, I've been eating really light. I've been trying to, to eat better. I'm not and, trying to uh, encourage a healthy an unhealthy lifestyle on you. No, yeah, you're like, <laughs> look, the show's not going to get any better. We're not going to progress if you quit drinking. <laughs> it's like that episode of Always Sunny where the, the gang tries to beat Boggs. They're drinking all the beers yeah. and they're flying out to California and he says, "You need to stop drinking, Charlie." I can't stop drinking now. I might die. <laughs> So you can't you can't put that on me. There is some truth to that. I remember I think I've shared this on the pod before. My high school girlfriend's grandmother smoked cigarettes a pack a day her entire life from like twelve years old. When I met her, she was in her early eighties and out on her porch smoking a Virginia Slim. And it, you know I was probably seventeen or eighteen. And I was like, you ever thought about quitting? Are you concerned about the <clears throat> health risks at all? I mean, and I even said something politely to the effect of like, I mean, obviously. You can't be that worried. You're in your early 80s. You're you're doing fine, and you've smoked your whole life. And she said, well, yeah, I wanted to quit in my 60s. And when I talked to my doctor about it, he actually recommended I don't because my body is just so used to the <laughs> nicotine and carcinogens. He was afraid at that age, if I had stopped, I might have had a heart attack or something. Like, all right, so you had to keep smoking and keep living. It's a unique position for you to be in. Do what you can do. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm drinking now. I might die. I might die. <laughs> but the point was, I've been eating lighter. Like today, I had one egg, an, an Arden's Garden fruit smoothie. Yeah, and the Christian Bale machinist diet. And a, and a banana for lunch, right? And then I had a salad that mm. I brought with me because I knew we were going to be eating pizza. I need some green. I saw your salad. And uh, with, with vinaigrette, kept it healthy. Mm. And then four little squares of that buffalo pizza. And I, look, it tastes good, but Gallo's, please do subscribe. The middle just doesn't, it's mush. We can ask him to make it well done next time. That makes a difference in terms I, of I the just, mushness. I, I, I want to do pizza again, but I, I want, we got to do something else other well, than Gallo's. You drive Vintage Pizzeria, that's right down the street. That's fine. That like, to me like, sounds like they'll have a thin crust. It's which is, thin New York style. That, that, let's do that. Let's do that. You can do that. I'm over gallows for a hot minute. I, I was honestly hoping you would come back with the McDonald's because you had me kind of hyped. <laughs> but then you were talking about you can't drink beer with McDonald's. I'm trashy, but I'm not that trashy. <laughs> I can drink beer after McDonald's. I had see. I, I didn't realize that you were on the uh, no no drinks train today because when I was at the grocery store, I bought this Goza, thinking, hey, I could buy more pinecone beer, or. Assuming you were going to bring some brown or white, I'd get some Goza. We said it over the weekend. We need to come up with a name for the white that's not it's just the white. Whiskey or vodka. But <laughs> so I was like, I want to have some, I want to have a meal with this beer. That's why I chose pizza. I get it. But I was just saying, I, I never get an opportunity much for McDonald's. So there's one very close to your home. Yeah, but you don't like that one, and I don't like it either. Well, why would I go to that one? We record here. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, enjoy. Sorry again for fifty-one. It's not terrible. There's some nuggets of fun in there. there. It, it starts with porn and ends with sadness. I don't, how that happens, I don't know. What are you talking about? That's masturbation. <laughs> yeah, there's a real estate magazine in front of you. Anyways, enjoy. All right, enjoy episode fifty-one. We'll see you next week for the years 
episode. Woo! Holla. This bitch just saved 50% on her dildo at adamandeve.com. This bitch. She used promo code TPTOPAR to check out. This bitch. She also got three free adult DVDs and a mystery gift. Get out of and here. And best of all, she got free shipping on the whole order. Free shipping for this bitch. She went to adamandeve.com, used promo code TPTOPAR. This bitch. On airplane mode? It is on airplane mode. I have to check with you, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Pull up the Netflix here. For some reason, Netflix doesn't work on Safari. It'll get you this far, and then when you tell it, like, all right, I want to watch that, it gives me this, oops, something went wrong message. And it, it's always frustrating. There it is. You want to do this? Or you want to do this? It's a little late. <laughs> we do, we're doing an early... Uh, we can do a Christmas movie. No. We'll do Zack and Mary. You don't like it. Why'd you choose it? Because it fits in well with the show. It's comedy and porn. There's graphic nudity. There's Tracy a, Lords. There's lots there. There's lots to like about this film, but I remember well, vividly <laughs> seeing it in the theaters with some friends. And That's what I was trying to I tell you. I, need to, I said I love this movie, but I don't love this movie. I love certain parts of it when they're at the high school. Is this... Yeah, we're, we're good. When they're at the high school, did you tell them what we're watching? So we're not just describing a nameless. Show? I think in conversation, one of us just said Zach and Mary make right. a porno. So Zach and Mary make a porno, but they go to the high school reunion here in a few, and we'll see it. And I'll, I'll sorry, I'll bring it back up again. But the two the gay guys talking to Zach, and Zach doesn't realize he's gay uh, yeah, yet. Justin it turns, Long, yeah, turns out to be Justin, uh, or Superman's <laughs> Brandon, whatever the her crush is. What's her name? Mary? No, no, no. In, in real life. Oh. Something Banks. Elizabeth Banks? Elizabeth Banks. She's got the crush on the guy that played Superman in that terrible first Superman film that had Kevin Spacey. No, film. The one that oh. just... The one that just... Most recent new release of Superman. Anyway, he plays the, the porn star mm-hmm. or, or, that she's in love with and also doesn't know that they're gay together mm-hmm. and they had to start having a gay conversation. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Brandon St. Randy... Doesn't like to hear about his balls being... Brandon St. Randy gets me every time. Because we've talked about porn enough. Do you remember early 90s? Every porn star had like a something... First name, Saint, first name. Yeah. So Brandon St. Randy. <laughs> I love the way he says it. I wish we could unmute it and not get in some kind of trouble. Oh, we've aired plenty of films on this show already. If you want it bad enough, we'll do it. I do. It's just the way he... Oh, I'm so sorry. Brandon St. Randy. And every time I hear it, I just flash back to this. You see the... You'd be watching the scramble porn, right? And you could see some names pop up. It was mm. always like that. Randy St. Thomas. Yeah. And Brandon St. Randy star in. Peter St. Vickers. <laughs> and then you had your overt ones that and we've Vons. discussed, like Dick some, Steele. There's probably some Vons in there, too. Oh, a couple hoity-toity Germans, I'm sure. German porn is one area I've never ventured down in. We are leading out the show. <laughs> Very porn heavy. It's a mind scheiser. Yeah, I, I don't do it. I don't do it. It's well, just, you did say the other day about uh, what's her nose from Letterkenny. You'd let her take a shit on your chest. 
I did let the, I, was, I was hoping we would hold on to that one. These little letter Kenny nuggets. <laughs> I think we can slow our roll. But she is incredibly hot in hey, that how show. Are you now? Good. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, uh, she is just fun to look at, and I. She goes blonde. You, you in said like season you know three. you said wood task, and I had kind of beerly said in my own way that I would uh, let her take a shit dump on my chest. I think I said dump. I don't think it's shit. Did I say shit? I'd have to review the tape. Yeah, that's the thing now. You can't get away with it. What's her name? Her name's Katie. <laughs> Katie, I don't know what their last name is. <laughs> McMurray, how are you now? Good new and that's a bad. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about that is that's his greeting to everybody. And as the show progresses from season one to season six, they start talking over each other because they have the same greeting. And, and McMurray tries to say it, say his part back too fast. And so they end up talking over each other and it just gets more and more frustrating. Yeah. It's a fun show. Well, like I said, Taylor. Yeah, Rusty's on board. He went on a nice little run with me mm-hmm. on the old FB the other day. I'm sure you saw that. I sure did. And uh, Taylor's a big fan. And speaking of Taylor, that was a fun weekend. It was a good wedding. Good I was wedding. Just, just commenting um, yesterday to the folks that uh, it was a good wedding, one that we actually stayed for the entirety of. Yeah, that's really rare. There was a lot of people there at the end. I had told Kristen early on, like, and I even said this to your old man. I was like, I was fully ready to Irish goodbye this <laughs> Not a knock on anybody there, but it was just, you know, previous wedding experiences, especially with the two little ones, it can be tiresome, frustrating, et cetera, et cetera, uh, especially when you're the last table to get called for food. I'm kidding. I got you're food. not kidding. We, we, we <laughs> talked about this off the pod. I got, I, I did get Who, who was it that thought you were having seconds? Someone Your sister. Was it, yeah, Emily thought you were having yeah, seconds. Emily, and y'all are like, no, this no, is first. We just got our plate, so y'all, y'all motherfuckers need to quit dancing and sit down for a minute. So table 2000 over there can, can eat their main course. See, and knowing that table, I have a hard time not, not understanding how not one of y'all were like, uh, well, you know what? We're the Hickmans, yeah. and we got the two-kid play. Yeah. That's your ultimate in. Well, I ultimately said fuck it and went and made the kid plates. What, what frustrated either it was either my dad or Banks was when they eventually got in line, they saw somebody from a previously called table getting oh, seconds. Oh, boy. And I was like, dude. like, And the thing that didn't make sense is we were table 13. It's like, go in order. And you were... Go from 1 to 16. I looked yeah. at the table, and I was like, why are you, why are you just bouncing around? <laughs> just like, mm, ooh, let's go with these people over here. I'll tell you, if we're going to stick to one wedding story, the wedding I've always told you about that I didn't want to go to because it was a girl that kind of tooled me over, used me up a little bit. I'm sure I've told this, and I took the sluttiest girl with me to the wedding as possible. Made her wear the sluttiest dress. I don't know. I this, none of this is ringing a bell. I'll give you the, the quick addendum, because I feel like I had to. I lose track of the stories. But I had this girl I was in love with for a long time. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was always just friendly. And then one day, she like leaves. She breaks up with a long-time boyfriend, calls me up, we start hanging out all the time. Mm-hmm. And it feels, you know, nice. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'll leave that there. Tight. No, not where I'm going. Because <laughs> this wasn't like that. It was like that. This was like you grew up with Wendy Peppercorn. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, it, you know. I get. I got that. Nothing. I, nothing I like a, that ever happened. You know, I would say it on the show. I would have no reservation. I get that. I had a 17 year old, 16, 17 year old crush that at some point. All right, interrupting McJones. In <laughs> and I remember thinking, "Holy shit, you want me to go out with you?" <laughs> now, anyways, many years later. She used me up a little bit, kind of cast me aside, met her eventual husband. And I just felt a little bit bad about it. I was like, why did you, you know, of all people to do that to, mm. not to be too emotional on the show, but 
all that shared history. So when we went to her wedding, they wanted me to be in the wedding mm. on the groom's side. Mm. I don't know this man. Ever. Yeah. And so I pay for the tux. It's a nice wedding. It's very pretty. It's in Conyers, which I was working close to at the time. Enjoy your wife, ass. <laughs> and uh, so, but I had kind of like, uh, you know, I can be a little petty. But sure. my pettiness, I wasn't going to be to the point where I was going to make a scene. It's, these are these are basically family in many ways. Hmm. So, but I just found a girl that I knew happened to have, we had a history and... She was open and down to do different things and, uh, you know, be a plus one. Wedding fellatio. Wedding fellatio. <laughs> uh, and I said to her, I was like, look, uh, person that shan't be named, I, do you, I want you to wear the, I won't call it the sexiest. Because mm-hmm. sexy can be done in many ways. You, yeah, you don't have to show a lot and still be, be sexy. sexy. in like in baggy pajamas. <laughs> I said, give me, excuse the term, sluttiest dress you mm-hmm. have. Yeah. And uh, she just didn't disappoint. When I showed up and knocked on the door, I was like, that's a, te- yeah, ding, 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 ding. Show her what she's won, Johnny. It was, I'm so we took her to the wedding. Because it was uh, slim, it was snug and fit and short and long. And she had the package to do it with. Underwear, no underwear. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> that's a My guess is no. But, okay. But the whole point of all this was everybody was like, coming up like, how'd you pull that? And I was like, well, you know. I was just giving the, the, the side answer. But the whole point of this story was we were in the wedding party. Mm-hmm. Wedding ends, and everybody sits in their tables for the reception. Mm-hmm. We're the last people to eat. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> the people at the wedding party table have been doing all this stuff all day, and they finally started complaining. Yeah. Uh, some wedding coordinators just do a piss-poor job. It makes you wonder, like, how they how they keep getting new weddings. <laughs> I mean, our the lady that ran our wedding was a bag of snakes, but to her credit... <laughs> You know, before like you know, like weeks before the wedding, when we're still in the planning phase, she was like, "Here's what's going to happen once the ceremony is over. Me or someone from my staff will go make two just garbage plates of everything because we had that we had that sort of finger food barbecue buffet. Mm-hmm. It's like me or one of my staff will go make two plates with a little bit of everything and have it taken to the upper floor. And before you go anywhere near the reception, you're both going to go up there and actually eat. Mm. So, because if you don't do that. You will not eat all night. Everyone at your wedding is going to kind of want up, is going to want to come up and talk to you, and and take a picture with you, and and you're just the room is going to spin around you for however many hours, and then the night's going to come and go. The food will be gone. You'll be starving. And she was right because I mean we did do that. We did eat, but to her credit or to her point rather, neither of us ever took a drink all night. Like it's open bar for beer and wine. And, like, people would put a beer in my hand, but I was talking so much, I didn't even have time to sip it. Mm. And I'd set it down, and somebody would pull me aside and want to go do this, want to go do that, cigars up front, whatever. And the night came, and I was like, I think I had a sip of PBR all night. That's mm. about it. So I was like, That's imagine cool. if that was food. We would have been peckish. The Blue Ribbon Award winning. Yeah. Paps Blue Ribbon. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't understand why we were last. I really didn't care personally <laughs> like there's plenty of food but it, I'll know. say this wedding food is usually garbage that food was fucking awesome at the Taylor's yes yeah it was very good and that I had everything yeah the girl I had fun with the, I mean you know Alps was dancing mm-hmm. and then I saw Addie standing alone she came to the uh, we did the come on ride the train together mm. she didn't understand it 
she wasn't touching the person in front shoulders, so she wasn't complying by the uh, come along the train rules. But I held her. Yeah. We had a good time. Addie kind of plays by her own rules mm. with dance. It's, it's kind of a chaotic. But she giggled the whole time. I was a little concerned when, like, you're like, Addie, you want to come dance with me? And she's like, she looks at Kristen, and Kristen's like, go. And then she gets a big smile. Mm. And then we joined this, like, very, uh, probably her first come on the train. Yeah. And But I was like, if she starts crying, <laughs> I'm a little like a dickhead. <laughs> but she had a good time the whole time, laughed, smiled. But it really was a good wedding. I, I had my fair share, I'll tell you. I sweated a bit, as we know. I saw. Uh, which is common. Leah wasn't surprised at all. I knew I was in trouble, though. It was hot in there when she started <laughs> dancing with all those people. Okay. You weren't really in in the groove. No, I don't really dance at well. But uh, I went outside. I took the shirt off one time. Went outside to air out, and some lady that. I don't know was like, you're going to catch a cold. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember you walking outside. I was like, did someone pour water on you? <laughs> like, your shirt had changed colors. <laughs> Like your wedding yeah. in August. Yeah. And you had steam. I got to stop going with pastels. You That's what it, the pink coming off the top of you your You tried head. to take a picture. I'm sure it was. It didn't, it didn't show. But I had my fair share because, you know, I definitely didn't drink any. I had like one beer. So I brought in my own. But I'll tell you how much. We went back to cook a pizza. Were you all staying nearby? Yeah. We had mm-hmm. cottages about a quarter mile down the road. Maybe the last tenth of a mile. And uh, so it was me and folks and Jeff and Emily and... Uh, I bought a pizza for this very thing because I knew we would get out of there mm. after cutting rug, drinking. Yeah. Tombstone sounds just right. Yeah. So I got to take the. Oh, ah, Tombstone, no uh, square cut DiGiorno, huh? It, this was bought at a Dollar General in Ball Ground. Mm. You, you can't, you can't be too selective. Mm. So I, I went to take, pulled the uh, oven thing down, and the front came off, the glass part, <laughs> the glass cover. Yeah. The place was not in great shape. And it kind of nicked my finger. It didn't really hurt anything. Mm. But I'm starting putting the pizza, put it on the rack. I look down, and it looks like an OJ crime scene. There's blood everywhere. Mm. And I look, and the, the cut's already healed, but it was just pouring. And I was like, why am I bleeding? Am I hemophiliac? I started <laughs> oh, my God. And then I just, Jeff goes, when you drink, doesn't your blood get real thin? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm talking about a nick. It's not even there. I mean, this is how... That would explain the vodka smell. (laughs) (laughs) He started just drinking it back. Anybody want some alcohol blood (laughs) while it's running? Bar's closed, but my fingers are open. (laughs) Yeah, it was... It was quite a night, but that's enough for wedding season on the this episode of TPTO. It was a good wedding. I commented... Uh, we should yeah. have a lot to talk about. So many news stories. Really? We have news stories? Oh, yeah. We got sports news stories. You love sports lately. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm not paying attention to anything sport-related. Oh, really. took a break now that Gurley's out. Well, I mean, what 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 is in the sports news? If it's baseball-related, you're not going to get me interested. Mm. That's nap season for me. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, that's like, baseball is like pitch. I lamented the card game pitch a few weeks ago. It's like, is this ever going to fucking end? Is this, or is this, it's just the same shit over and over again. I'm going to turn hard right with you here and follow the train of the movie. Do yeah. you, are you a guy that is ever going to go to a high school reunion? Fun, funny story there. Uh, You've already been. No. Uh, You're the chairman of the... 15th anniversary no, committee. No, I can't remember if she got sick or if she died, but the the whoever your graduating class uh, president is mm-hmm. is the person in charge of organizing your to oh, come reunions. Talk about delegating responsibility. And Not somebody, uh, you know, a guy that I had met by way of work, it was a business lunch, told me that she had either gotten really sick and or died 
I think. And so they never, no one ever took up the the reins after she couldn't to organize the fifth year. Mm. So it never the, happened. Uh, fifth year? Never even heard of that. And the tenth year was organized informally, basically by anyone that fell into the category of popular kid from our, from our graduating class. So if you were a football player, a basketball player, or a girl who dated one of them. This small cluster of, I'll say, 40 individuals got an invite to the class of 2005's mm. high school reunion. Nobody else knew fuck all about it. Because <laughs> I remember after that lunch, I called every close friend I had that might have known, like, yeah, I don't know anything about that. I was like, this was definitely like an in-crowd reunion. It seems like a stupid single point of failure to have one person just because they happen to run for class president. Well, what's more They don't tell you about that responsibility when yeah. you're 16. What's more fucked up, I remember going on Facebook around the time that would have been the 10-year, that would have been 2015, and just looking up high school, you know, class of groups, because every class of had a Facebook page that you could post information about upcoming reunions. They want, you know, they want donorship money for shit with the school, whatever. And there's a class of 04, and there's a class of 06, but there's no class of 05 Roswell High School Facebook page, at least at the, four years ago. And the only one that does exist is in fucking New Mexico. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is... Go to that one. Yeah, I was like, I just, I'm looking at it, I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with my graduating class? We have no reunion organization, we have no Facebook page. So I started adding everybody I graduated with, hoping that, that I, you know, hey, is there some shit coming up? Because I wanted to go, I wanted to go show off the wife. You know, the last time most of these people saw me, I was fat and or awkward or both. I'm like, look at me now. My dick's the same size, but I got a hot wife. I have more beard. Yeah. When you saw me last, I only had a chin strap. Now it's on the rest of my face. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to go show off a bit and uh, mingle with the kind of people that I wouldn't probably socialize with. But, you know, just, just show off a bit. And uh, nothing happened. I would go, but as far as I know, there's never even going to fucking be one because nobody's bothered to organize them up to this point. She's dead. Something. Dead, don't care. Or my my running theory is that it's just a, it's our class is, uh, reunions are just going to be like an in-crowd thing, and I was part of the... I was not part of the in-crowd. So show up now. I don't even know where they fucking are. The dude that told me that there was one, he's like, yeah, it was just like a small get-together... It wasn't even a, like a like a community type center. It was like four people got together at someone's house. It's like, yeah, that's that ain't cool. <laughs> we didn't run out the Olive Garden or something. No, they just got together and hung out. It's like so, forty people who hung out in high school hung out together again ten years later. Yeah, that's not the fucking point of a reunion. I so never been would go. But well, I wonder who. I mean, I just wouldn't. I had it. They knew what was at. Is it Fado and Buckhead? No. 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 You know? <laughs> you don't want to go to Fado? I mean, Fado's cool, but I don't... To bump into, you know, 80 to 100 assholes that... Would you go if you were single? Yeah, that'd be kind of sad, though, wouldn't it? You're going to your 10-year reunion, and you don't have the hot beauty on your arm, and you, you got double the drink tickets. <laughs> But would you go if you're single, hoping that maybe, you know, you know, all, all famous beach under the gym stairs is going to be there, too? So I'm at, like, would you go there to try and hook up? With well, the thing about today's day and age is I knew who was going. Mm. You could kind of pick and choose, and you might be able to know based on, you know, relationship status. Yeah. But the ones that had the relationship status that would have matched my own were not someone I was, you know, would, it would have been a one-night win. I guess that's something. But that's what I'm saying. If you're single, you wouldn't go for that. Yeah, it's not my style. 
I mean, just for the surprise of like I've I've said before, like you know, <laughs> if you ever have a son, be nice to the to the awkward girls in ninth grade because in twelfth grade they're gonna mm. be hot as shit. <laughs> Not even twelfth grade, really. It's that first year back from college. I was gonna say the timeline is a little bit longer than that. Yeah, I would say like you be nice to that the, the I did awkward have... girl in ninth grade because that first summer back from college you're gonna be like, holy fuck, look what Sarah did. <laughs> so part of me is like, what do you do? You know, on the ten year mark, you kind of curious like who who got hot and who was the best i think would be who was hot at 18 and looks like a fucking train wreck now (laughs) probably that list is longer too (laughs) leah tried to get me to go and i I said if i'm gonna go i'm not just gonna sit you know stand there and talk to jackasses (laughs) all right leah look i want you to put on your (laughs) slutty dress dress. yeah (laughs) i I wanted to have business cards made that were all different Mm -hmm. you know and one more impressive than the next, you know. Just throw people off all night? You know, real estate investor or mm-hmm. entrepreneur or doctor and have them all made look real legit mm-hmm. so that when the conversations start to intermingle. Venture capitalists. Right. <laughs> so when the conversations start to intermingle and someone might say, hey, I also gave me the card. Can you believe he's a, can you believe he's a fucking astronaut or whatever? They wouldn't what believe that. He's a chicken wing <laughs> Mine says orgies organized. Professional masturbator? <laughs> butthole tickler? Mine says butthole tickler. Gunrunner. Is that even the right term for that? I think this is illegal. I think it's international arms dealer, but he went with guns gunrunner. Drug cartel attorney. <laughs> it's a very specific kind of law he's practicing. I like to be open about it. You know the ponytail makes sense now. <laughs> Oh, boy, that would have to hang on because I definitely didn't have the ponytail back then. But, <laughs> yeah, those are all... I, I was going to, you know, cause just on the hope. That's a kind of vain thought, too, though, to think yeah. that, like, you give out your cards and when they all get to their tables, be like, wow, look at Austin because of his business card. Mr. Success. <laughs> I don't want to take us off the story, but in light of what's happening here, I've, I've never noticed before behind them is a picture of, of uh, high school wrestlers and it's it's uh, when you know the context of the gay porn conversation they're having, the picture behind them is that much more funny. And of course, now that I'm bringing it up, they're not gonna. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like King, uh, no, like King Gary sucks Ross's meaty cock. <laughs> drops their hairy nuts in his eager mouth. I wonder oh, how boy. many. I wonder how long this took to film. Because I mean the the what, the lines that Justin Long's dropping, like, I can't imagine not just laughing. I would not be getting through it. There's like, zero chance. I think about that. Like all these people, are like man, you should try acting or you do voiceover work. I'm like, you don't understand. I can't even get like how hard I would. I'm the laugh man. I know. As I was gonna say, like that's that's your character. It's like one of the main features of this podcast is is what a good laugh audience you are for some of the like sometimes I'm like that wasn't that funny but I'm glad you're laughing <laughs> hey I, I, I what I find entertaining is what I find entertaining but like just this for me a lot of times writing is everything I've always said that but delivery is not is equally as important sure and this guy in this scene would like because you know if you put a script in front of someone they're gonna read it a million like I saw the the Auditions for The Office mm. and the guys that tried out for Dwight. Like, the names were incredible. Patton Oswalt. Um, yeah. He did it. What's his name? Justin Long? Uh, no. Oh, Seth Rogen. Uh, Seth Rogen read for I mean, everybody in Hollywood read for The Office. And they equally were good. But when you see the people that got the parts, like, you see why they, they took sure. the same line yeah. and delivered it. 
so much differently. So there's just times in the movies where you see this. Like I saw, what's it? You ever watch Parks and Rec? Mm-hmm. What's the um, Chris Pratt's character? I don't Initially, he's the boyfriend with the broken leg, and he ends up working yeah. for the Parks Department. Andy. Andy. Well, they did. They showed his outtakes. Yeah. And he's talking to a doctor, and he's like, "Doc, I wipe my ass, and I wipe my ass, and I wipe my ass, and it's like I have a, it's like I have a marker in there." <laughs> and it wasn't a scripted line, and you see the people behind him; they just, they're done. <laughs> it ruins the scene. Yeah. But well, when Offerman's been interviewed about Parks and Rec before, he always like. Uh, uh, Chris, Chris, what's his name? Pratt? Chris Pratt. He's like that's the he's the one that always breaks everybody. Yeah, yeah, they, they show it out. every time. He said he, Pratt has some of the best outtakes, probably in, in the entire cast. I, I mean, for years, especially when I only wore a thick mustache and I kept my hair short, I got Nick Offerman uh, comments all the time. And for Halloween one year, I just put on a polo shirt and khakis and went to Leon's when Kristen was working. <laughs> And be like, you didn't dress up? I was like, what are you talking about? I'm Ron Swanson. <laughs> Ron Swanson. People tell me I look like him already. I remember once when I was there, around that same time, I had short hair and a thick mustache, and a very gay older man uh, told me that he was getting a, uh, a who, uh, who wrote a movable feast? An Ernest Hemingway. He's, yeah. like, he's like, I'm getting a very Ernest Hemingway vibe off of you. It's <laughs> like, cool, that's my wife over there. I'm flattered. It's not a homophobia thing. I just want you to know this isn't going anywhere. Like just sometimes, <laughs> like you, uh, uh, it's coming up soon. I'm telling you, my line is good. Not yet. Been down until I pass no, no, it's too soon. Right. I'll, I'll tell you when they start arguing. <clears throat> I think it's coming. Oh, like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you can't. Okay. Thank you. Oh, I'm embarrassing. I love when he gets embarrassed. He's not living out loud. You know, so he gets all like, oh, you guys are totally in love, aren't you? Zachary, we are. Wow. I- St. Randy. My name is Brandon St. Randy, and I love Bobby Long. <laughs> you just pretend that I don't love it when you shove your cock in my mouth. Deep in my mouth. <laughs> it's just so good. It's like, oh. I tried to turn up as loud as I could. Hopefully, it got picked up by the microphone. Brandon St. Randy. Brandon St. Randy. That's that, that we need to have new characters, I think. We need to have that early <laughs> 90s porn star uh, segment. If it develops naturally, I think in the history of the show, we can't force a new character. No, I know. We have to stumble into a character and then really take off with it. I was talking about news, though. All they're talking about right now, and we're, you know, everyone hears this a week behind, but mm. that uh, actor from the oh, show yeah, yeah. Power or whatever. The 
Empire. Empire, yeah. The one did it to himself. Is he the what's what's his name? Is he the one that? that uh, I, I know what you're talking about because they've even been talking about. Here's the best part. So he, he pays the two dudes thirty five hundred dollars a piece, allegedly. Pays them the money, and tells points them out the camera that he wants to make sure catches the incident. And the two morons, you know, I'm surely you're dealing with the best here, <laughs> missed the spot, so the beating wasn't recorded on camera. Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett, yeah. See, when they talked about this, I thought it was this guy. And I've never liked this guy, so I was kind of hoping it would be him. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard? I don't like him. Just because you don't like him, you think he's going to frame somebody and call it a Make an America Again thing? No, but when they were releasing the scandal and, you know, th- they were revealing that... Uh, probably bullshit and the, the actor's gonna get in trouble and probably not be on the show anymore so anything like I don't really like that guy's just good <laughs> I do not like Terrence Howard what reason has Terrence Howard ever given you I just don't like him ah fair enough I, I guess I don't like John Bernthal I don't want to get into it alright I don't really know enough about John Bernthal to make a call but you don't want to get into it so I don't want to get into it it's a, it's, it's a whole thing I don't want to get into it talk about the um, I haven't had much chance to think on it but talk about the, the the idea you had for a miniseries or a short movie. Uh, you have to refresh my memory. Oh, the guy that gets frozen in the 90s. Oh, yeah. The and he guy, wakes up now. The guy who's cryogenically frozen <laughs> just a short time ago. So things, it's an accident has yeah, to happen. Yeah, so he, things are just different enough to be frustrating. <laughs> so, like, obviously things like the smartphone are going to be interesting to him, but, like, it's little things throughout each day-to-day, like, when he's like, Fuck, I haven't had McDonald's since they put me under. I'm going to McDonald's. And he gets here, he's like, yeah, let me get a quarter pounder with cheese, supersize, with uh, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Sir, we don't have supersize anymore. I'm like, what? <laughs> Just little shit like that. You know, it would be interesting. I think it's it'd have to be. Hold on. So you're telling me that Starbucks <laughs> has a blonde roast now. They do two kinds of house coffee. I think they do three now. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, just the little the little things. Like, obviously, the big jokes are there. Like, he he was put under in the Clinton administration. I, well, well, the only thing I thought about was the South Park already kind of did this. Oh. The guy gets frozen in, like, the early 90s, and they find him. He had, like, fallen through a crevice up in the mountains. Hmm. They find him. They unthaw him. They think he's, like, they're treating him like an Encino man. Like, he's going right. to be 3,000 years old. But he's only been frozen for, like, 10 years. So he, this was how old the episode was. They showed the... We should watch Encino Man, by the oh, way. Oh, I'm definitely down for that. <laughs> but they, they put him on this conveyor belt to show him, like, what he's missed. Yeah. Thinking, like, he's like, what the hell? And he gets up to his common age. He's like, the Falcons are in the Super Bowl? That's how, st- that's how it stuck with me because it was 98. Yeah. That's how old that episode was. Yeah, I just I like the idea that it's just a short burst of time ago. Like it's like ninety eight. Yeah, ninety eight's a good year. Like, like it's twenty years. Yeah, Bill Clinton's president. There was a black man. <laughs> George Bush's son. <laughs> the cokehead. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, so you got that in the news. It's such a so stupid. Why would What's you do that? that? He didn't. This attack that he fabricates. Oh yeah. One, empire. it puts everything kind of socially backwards because it gives it gives the, the crazies on yeah. on each side a chance to just do their thing, and the other reason is he did it because he said he's trying to advance his career. Like what? Getting beat up on the street just just that publicity is what well, you would it's hope. A true testament to the fact that it's just a slow news cycle or news week. If that's what everybody's talking about, a fucking show that 
I'm sure it has big ratings with its audience, but one that I've never seen yeah. uh, a clip of, let alone actual footage, and some secondary actor, probably secondary character on the show. He's only got top billing on this page probably because he's in the fucking news. <laughs> Rumor Willis is in it. Like, who, you know, is... Rumor Willis is in that show? According to this webpage. Is that... Is, tell me that's not Tom Hanks' youngest son, Chet. Is that a Hanks? Uh, Chet Hanks. It yeah. is a son of yeah. Hanks. Tom and wow. Wilson. You can see the Rita Wilson there. Yeah, unfortunately. I think this is Tom Hanks' fucked up son, because Tom Hanks has one son that's... Really successful, that one right up there. Yeah, uh, Colin Hanks. And yeah. his other son is like a aspiring hip-hop star with like drug and alcohol problems and he's kind of like the family fuck up and he's a, he's a bit embarrassing. It's kind of like kind of like the Trump daughter that nobody talks about. Oh, uh, yeah, but she's not that fucked up. No, no, she's, I, she's I, my theory is Rebe- she's rape, rape. My theory is she's chubby and not as attractive as Ivanka, so she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't get the spotlight. That's my theory. You know, coming from a man who, you know, wants to date his kids. <laughs> it's like, eh, I wouldn't date the chubby one, but I I date the hot one that looks like my first wife. Yeah. You know, the problem with this movie is they make this seem like it's actually a, a viable plan. I guess for a bunch of friends to get together and try to make porn in Pittsburgh. Just well, what most years dudes, is taking place? Um, like two thousand seven, eight. It's on the 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 sort of beginnings of the amateur porno. Yeah, but they're, they're they're thinking it's going to get them out of debt. And here's the problem. You're going to get all these dudes. I guess they do kind of recruit the right people. Mm-hmm. But, like, the average dude thinks, like, I could do porn, even if he had a moderate, you know, moderately-sized penis. He mm-hmm. thinks he can make it work. Yeah. Some people, most people can't even, are pee shy. Now sure. you've got seven cameras and a and a guy holding a boom mic and lights on you. I've thought about this before. Like, if I was directing one of these, my policy would be, especially for newbies and amateurs, where do you come shot scene first? <laughs> We're gonna get that out of the way. We're gonna give you ten minutes. And we're gonna come back, get hard again, and we're gonna do all the fucking scenes. Now we don't have to worry about you blowing a load when we don't need you to. And that's gonna be the policy on this set. That has to have been done. <laughs> I'm sure it has. But I'm sure like fucking Randy St. Clair <laughs> shows up. To Brandon St. Randy. And he's like, listen, I am going. I'm going to spout like as soon as I stick it in. Yeah. We've got to do the. We got to do the facial scene first. I'll get hard again ten minutes later. We can do the rest. You've got me for three hours. <laughs> We could probably do another one in, like, 45 minutes. But I'm just telling you, I know that, the you know, we're set for all... We have to change the lighting for every new position, and I don't want to fuck everybody else's job up. <laughs> well, those dudes are professionals, though. Still, you wonder, like... they It's it's like anything else. Think about it. There's no anticipation. Like, for pe- regular people mm. that have that problem, where they might have had sex a thousand times, but they know... Like, if I get in today, yeah, it's a... They can be professionals. At the end of the day, nerve endings are nerve endings. It, but uh, when you don't... But I guess that's my point. The nerve endings are, are a very cool part of it, right? Mm. But the mental aspect, the anticipation, the unknown of a thing, these guys are... It's like you're driving to your job. That's true, but I, I, I would still stand firm, and I don't think even the most professional man could hold back an orgasm for hours. Other than maybe Sting, who <laughs> practices, you know, tantric sex. Yeah, that guy let, let that story out, and it's been a pop mm-hmm. culture reference now for 
many, many years. Like, you're as familiar with your own masturbatory sessions as they are with their profession. And I would wager that even some, an experienced jerker offer couldn't just do it. A master debater, if you will. Right. Couldn't just, couldn't just do it for 30, 45 minutes and just stave off the finale because <laughs> he wanted to. I don't think that's a thing. I think even the pros have to be like, all right. You got me for like 20 minutes, and then we're going to need to do the finale, and then we'll come back and do the back the back 20. I'm only going to go the advert side, again, the antagonistic side of this argument, because having seen this movie, Kinsey, <clears throat> it's based on Dr. Kinsey. He wrote the sex, one of the first very controversial but fact-based, science-driven studies of sexuality and humans. Hmm. Uh, they did a movie with it with Liam Neeson, okay. and he played Kinsey, and the whole movie kind of discussed, one, it starts with his first love, which was Wasp. Beatles or something. I don't remember. He was really into bugs, and he spent all his career doing this. And then somebody asked him about sex, because when he got married, turns out he had a monster dong, mm. but he didn't know that was, like, even it, abnormal. Right. And the woman he meets in the movie who is, uh, gosh, she's been in everything. She was in Truman Show with uh, Jim Carrey. She played his wife. Uh, I don't remember. Anyways, it turns out her hymen was too small for this monster, so they had to go and in the 50s, these were, you know, very sensitive questions. Mm-hmm. But he has to uh, get that fixed, and then it leads him into a, into kind of a, uh, a fascination, if you will, for the latter half of his career about human sexuality. And, of course, being that the time period it was, it was very controversial, but it really wasn't. Laura Linney? Yes, Laura Linney. He has to get a hymen fixed? She does, yeah, because—or something about—she was just too small or, or it was too—because too, it wasn't working. He literally couldn't fit mm. his— uh, monster in there. Long winger. Yeah. <laughs> but in the movie, it really discusses, and I read a little bit about the complexity of human sexuality mm-hmm. and how, like, you, the idea, the assumption you have in your argument is that there isn't a person out there that can just masturbate and masturbate and masturbate mm-hmm. and stop it from happening. Yeah. There probably most likely is in the same way that someone can, like, masturbate and masturbate and masturbate and make themselves come immediately because that was part of a... Mm-hmm. They, the most contrapart and the toughest part of the movie... Uh, was they're taking their sex interviews from it's like it was scientific methods thousands thousands hundreds of thousands of interviews and they found a guy that reached out to them because they said he was really sexual abnormal and he he said I can make myself erect and ejaculate within 10 seconds and it was Willem Dafoe by the way so it's kind of entertaining to watch and he's like Spider-Man and the guy and and Kenzie's assistant says that's not possible he just before he could finish possible he stands up and just 10 seconds later there it is and it's that wasn't the problem. Then he starts talking about it gets really graphic because this guy was clearly what we would consider today to be a, a diddler. Mm. So he starts getting graphic about the yada yada yada, and that's mm. where it got like a little stomach churning. But the complexity of Fast sex, the complexity part. of sex is all all I'm saying. I, I think there probably is someone out there that can literally cut off an orgasm. Sure, probably, but the likelihood that that all the male talent in the porn industry with massive dongs are also <laughs> also in that same, also in another mind. Not what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying. I'm just, I was just giving you the counter that there probably is a handful, maybe even more than we think. That counter can, noted. Counter noted. Sorry. A little debate team action here. We were, just, we were just talking about high school reunions. I was on the debate team. I'll give this movie one credit, though. They didn't skimp on the, uh, the boobs. Just nudity in general. If you just saw, you just saw what the internet refers to as hashtag rear pussy. There. <laughs> I, can you enlighten the rest? Of us? It's just when you see crotch from the from the rear. 
But mm. yeah, there's. I mean, it's a movie. This is why I suggest. Oh, what's her name? She's real. She, yeah, it's. Uh, She's really famous too. She does like a talk show. Uh, yeah, her her voice is a little grating, but yeah, of course. But you know. <laughs> according to Doctor Drew, the voices like that are a are a sign of um, sexual trauma as an adolescent. Really? Well, that um, makes some sense. Uh, Jennifer Tilly comes to mind. She's got that voice. Like Marilyn Monroe comes to mind. According to Doctor Drew, this is something you talked about on Loveline. That that sort of. Uh, arrested development of a woman's voice is as a good indicator that they were <coughs> sexually assaulted in some way as children. I'd love to hear the background behind why that would be, but well, and it became such a frequently discussed thing that when Corolla and Doctor Drew would take calls, and a woman would call, and she'd have that Jennifer Tilly, isn't that her name? Mm-hmm. She'd have that Jennifer Tilly type voice, and she'd start going into her problems. It was like clockwork, where one of them would say. I'm going to guess you were uh, sexually victimized as a child. And she's like, yes, how'd you know? Like, well, your voice is a common tell. And (laughs) Drew would kind of go into that. It is sort of an arrested development in that particular case. Ah, okay. Arrested development. I can get that. Mm -hmm. She's famous, too. She was. This is Tracy Lord. She's ultra famous. She's famous for being underage. Underage. She looks good there. And, you know, what's what's his name? The guy we we talk about got into that. Um, Peter North? I'm sure, but I was thinking uh, the real nasty one that smells very musty. Ron. Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. I almost said Ron White. I doubt Ron White. I mean, we well, can't. I mean, uh, Ron White, please subscribe. <laughs> For that, I'd take Tracy Lords. I think Tracy Lords looks pretty good in this movie. Just saying. Yeah. Just me. Very. She, one of them ends up giving it, giving it back to... One of the dudes, I remember, they have like a whole like BDSM strap-on scene. I think it's movie. her and Lester. The guy with the big, I can be, no, it's the, it's the real timid one. That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. the timid one. <clears throat> this is, this is, this is one of those nights where we're talking a lot about the movie. Well, you wanted to do it because it would lead into porno and it did exactly that. Well, just, what's the show primarily? What are our hashtags every week? Comedy, funny, porno, Riley Reed. Riley Reed could have been in this if they had made it present day. Oh uh, yeah. What's she? Uh, She's probably in high school when they made this. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Maybe not even. That pizza. Sitting heavy? A little bit. I feel good. <laughs> Which is amazing. You should have had one more slice. No. That's the key. You go you, you, you go to the line and you go past the line. <laughs> then you feel good. That logic doesn't seem very sound. When I was a kid, Kristen's never believed that this worked, but I used to have a theory like when I was if when I was a kid, like if I was nauseous, I would eat ice cream. And I was like, that's not a good idea. I'm like, no, my idea is two negatives make a positive. Like I'm gonna make myself feel worse. Plus you get the endorphin. Feel better. You get the endorphin. The happiness Maybe from that's ice all cream. It was. My my working theory as a you know nauseous fifteen year old kid will say was if I feel sick I'm gonna try and make myself feel sicker and then I will feel better. I don't think again I don't think that's sound but it seems to work for you. I still say that's probably more mental over physical but sure. Well, it's been very scientific tonight. <laughs> scientific porno. Scientific porno. Title of the episode. <laughs> I mean somebody might have actually learned something here tonight. <laughs> Not to, it was something you, you want to forget. Know that when they shoot porn, they do the cum shot scene first. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, around the around the old workstation that's, tomorrow. That's water cooler talk. Water cooler talk. Let's uh, let's save sex for a moment. Uh oh. All right. Uh, I had something I was going to bring up, and I completely forgot. We got to go back through episodes, by the way, because there's a couple guests at the wedding that were inquiring about what the story I was telling was. That's a lot of homework. I know. That's a lot of, yeah, everybody's like, there's a story. 
And what they what they were describing is like every fifth episode. Yeah. Like there's a thing you're talking about, and then you switch <laughs> subjects, and you never finished it. Like, yeah, that's that's the show. If anybody out there wants to go back and do the homework and listen and find the time that Austin or I or both of us started a story and didn't finish it, please, by all means. That's what the email is there for. My intuition says it was somewhere between 20 and 30, but that's the only spot I really feel comfortable. I don't remember so much. I I have to spend so much time and energy focusing on this week's episode and, and working for it. Uh, I told Kristen, I was like, this is like German in high school. I know it, and then I don't. <laughs> it's in and out. I passed the test, now I'm done with it. It's like my parents were bringing up stuff from, like, whatever episode. Like, my dad picked up on 38 after that whole debacle, like, around Christmas, and so he's still, he's way behind now. I don't even know if he's actively listening anymore. And he brought up something, and I was like, if you're going to try and start something, a debate over something political we said in episode 40, <laughs> like... I'm just not even gonna go there with you. Wait till fifty. Because I don't, I don't remember, and I, it's not relevant at this point. I'm, we're on episode fucking fifty now. Like, <laughs> is fifty political? I'm thinking about the uh, the Smishmortion at the Smishmortion. Oh, that's. I think that was forty nine. Uh, well, even better, we'll lose him before fifty. <laughs> he wants to hear it's good though because if we, if we want to host anything here which probably won't happen like we've discussed yeah. he, he wouldn't have happened after 49 <laughs> we would have been barred from the building perhaps one never knows I feel pretty confident about it I got a lot of positive feedback on 49 nobody brought up the abortion stuff but I still got a lot of positive feedback on it Alan mentioned it was kind of like wow y'all went serious I don't know why I made Alan sound like that just now <laughs> y'all went really serious so he wouldn't sound like Ben the Soldier <laughs> Does I man? I'm gonna have to get him a picture. This was the worst idea. Star horse. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, this is about what you would expect from a. It's feeling very uninspired by this film right now. Do you want to switch the movie? We've done it before. Yeah, I think we should. I'm feeling very uninspired. All right. Something about. I mean, we've seen the like enough boobs in A. That's true. And it doesn't get any like better. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I've said this about the movie, like, I fell asleep in the theater. Like, I fell asleep in my movie chair. I was, my friend Lindsay woke me up to tell me it was over. So, I'm, you know, I agree. It's not a, it's not a particularly good movie. Have you seen Switch? Switch. It's the sperm movie with, with her and that guy. Wow, you really spelled, that's Jennifer Aniston, and damn it, I was trying to call you out. No, Jason got, Bateman. Jason Bateman. When's the new season? When are they doing another season of uh, Ozark? Damn. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully soon, because that show is fucking good. Sorry, now we're, we should do an episode of Andy Griffith. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if that's going to be very inspiring either. I know. Let's, let's have basketballs on here. Let's do a quick sex, uh, safe sex. All right. So the real question is, do we fast forward past the child murder? <laughs> Why don't we do this to ourselves? Since we, since we took a safe sex, the audience is no longer in, in on the joke. We've, we've switched it over to hostile. It's because sometimes you got to repeat a thing. Well, we've never actually watched it. We've only talked about oh, it at great length. Are you sure? We've never actually watched Hostiles. We just oh, talked about man. it over like four episodes. Oh, man. Well, we've already got ruined it for everybody. 
right? Well, yeah, if you listen to this show and you're caught up, you know enough about Hostiles to where if you... It's on you at this point. If you haven't, <laughs> it's on Netflix, for crying out loud. If you haven't sat down to watch it yet, it's kind of on you now. For me, it's just stuck in a moment in time, as discussed, when Leah's like, oh, I'll watch. <laughs> we'll share a headphone <laughs> while you're holding a three-month-old baby. <laughs> I know that you said, like, she took her headphone out and threw it. Yeah, it was a but real... I, just, I also imagine her going, no! Yeah, no, it was visibly... <laughs> no! It was, yeah, it was an, it was an Albury thing. <laughs> no! <laughs> A couple of questions, as we've discussed, now that we're seeing it live and in front of us. Why do you move out there? Yeah. I, well, I've said this, I think, probably in one of the times we talked about this movie. If I'm going to be out there and that isolated, like, I'm digging In up, Indian country. I'm digging a really deep trench all the way around my property. Yeah. Like a six foot wide, eight foot deep. A wall, if you will. Trench. <laughs> Like you're you you're gonna have to you're gonna have to abandon your horses and come in on foot and you're and you and you, it's gonna be difficult. I'm gonna fill it with fucking alligators too. Yeah. Like I you know. You're, but you're you're just saying you're certainly not getting up onto my cottage or my. This is a pretty nice ranch house they're working with. That's the well, other question. That's, he didn't build that by himself. Well, I, even if he did, he built it a while ago. Like. Yeah. They've been out there and I. Because this is supposed to be what eighteen ninety something. I don't remember. I'm sure it flashed when we were laughing about the fact that we're actually watching this. The, the biggest mistake this man makes <laughs> is just grabbing his rifle and, sh- and just, you know, just sort of wildly shooting when they're still really far away. <laughs> We've talked about this on the pod before. It's a, it's a lever-action rifle. He's probably got anywhere between seven, maybe even ten rounds in there. There's only, what, six of them. Mm. You wait till they're within close enough range to where you're a decent shot, and yeah. you, you know... Fucking Mel Gibson in the Patriot, that shit. <laughs> Name's Mall, Miss Mall. <laughs> Turned into the ghost. I, got, I mean, if we're going to examine this scene, because we, like we said, we've never really watched it. One, you run outside into the wide open. You, now that house is empty. Yeah. Right? Not, not only that, it's stupid to move and shoot. You should stand still. He is, he is trying to run and shoot. He didn't even get one of them. And then they stopped to, I mean, of course. They stopped to watch. <laughs> like, oh, well, maybe they'll kill Daddy, but they'll let us live. Like, no, it's doubtful. And then they get the scalping. Oh. The war paint is is frightening yeah. in this one. I don't understand why they were setting the place on fire. Like, if I'm a, if I'm a savage, to use yeah. the lingo of the film, and we've decided that we're going <laughs> to... Oh. Yeah, now they're dropping. Don't tell Leah. Oh. If I'm a savage and we've set out to go, you know, take over the the white man's territory over yonder, <laughs> my, I'd be like, have you guys seen the house he built? <laughs> Not for nothing. I know we're talking about burning it. It's really fucking nice. Like, if we're going to kill him anyways, why don't we take his house? What, was he gonna, what, what were they going to do? Take it back from us? I mean, that's just not... I, I'm sorry. I just can't believe we just watched that. It's like, it's got to be one of the most viscerally horrible scenes. I mean, I know you say there's worse, and I'm not... I mean, of course there's worse. Yeah. Like a horror film or like that Bone movie with... Oh, yeah. Let's put it on Bone Tomahawk. We'll I, I, it, to it's the not end. on here. <laughs> I, I had the fascination. I it's know. Not, you're going to seek it out at some point. You're going to see it available somewhere at some point. You're like, I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. And you're going to call me, and you're going to... And it's going to be like an awkward silence. <laughs> Just I'm like, through with the just pod. Like, just like breathing. <laughs> I watched Bone Tomahawk. I have to 
I have to go away for a while. <laughs> oh, boy. Is that bad? Yeah. Is that bad? I mean, if you would like, I could graphically explain everything you're going to see, and then maybe you can watch it knowing what's coming, but not knowing anything about what we were going to watch, getting all the way to within the movie being like 15 minutes from being over, it was just like, holy So it do- it's not a whole time thing. No. It's, like I said it before, that movie is a gritty sort of, I won't call it a Western, but it takes place in that era. It's a gritty Western that near the, um, you know, the back half, we'll say the last quarter of the film, just turns up into some fucked up shit. We're that bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. To, to the point where I was like, I'm not going to watch that again. It was good, but I'm not going to watch that again. All right. I, gotta, I, I don't want to hear you say it, but maybe if I read it. <laughs> I did that with Human Centipede. See, I was never going to see that. that when was... I when somebody told me that movie and gave me a general premise, I was like, I will not, under any circumstances, watch The Human Centipede. But I went on IMDb and read the plot synopsis. And reading it, I've been told since, is far worse than watching the movie. Because now your brain gets to paint the pictures for you instead of... It's like when you find out the girlfriend you just broke up with uh, fucked a dude at a party. This movie's loaded with people. I know. Uh your mind just pictures it all, whereas if you just, like, maybe got a real real details from her directly, it wouldn't be nearly as horrifying. It says similar movies, Tombstone. <laughs> Kurt Russell. <laughs> Kurt Russell's in it. It's got to be similar, right? Oh, God. So you're saying I shouldn't read this? I mean, I wouldn't. I would just say watch it. Watch it and plan on I watching just, it once. I just I don't do this type of stuff, man. <laughs> I just don't. I, w- I mean... I, That's that was hard enough. Hostiles is rough, but the movie pays off in the end. You know, just, just that big romantic circle of it all. When Christian Bale turns around and steps onto that train, you're like, "Fucking thank God!" Like that's yeah. the whole drive of this movie. It's just like we're gonna break you down with child murder, <laughs> and then we're gonna slowly just erode at your will to live <laughs> for the next two hours, just showing you tragic death after tragic death. And then we're gonna give you a glimmer of hope where they finally get the Cheyenne chief back to his homeland in Montana, and then they're all gonna die. <laughs> we're gonna slowly kill your humanity, and then at the very last minute of the film, we're gonna restore your faith in people when you see a new suit wearing Christian Bale step back onto that train mm. to go, I guess, marry and have sex with the blonde lady from the prairie and raise the little Indian boy together. I just... That's the other thing. I, psychologically. I mean, I know this was a different time of day. People saw much worse every day than we, the general person, does now, right? Yeah, yeah. But when you think... Like, if, you, if you said this movie literally happened, event by event, do you really? It's based on true events. Uh-huh. It's probably an assemblage of true events. Mm-hmm. But let's just, and of course they are. We know they were. Well, did you know too? By the way, I don't forget this. The actor who plays the asshole property owner at the end of the film, Scott Wilson, mm-hmm. who's in The Walking Dead. The old man, the the yeah. white, he uh, he actually died recently. Yeah, he did. I didn't yeah. know that. Yes, he did. But what but, I was, yeah, supposing this really happened. Yes, yeah, just supposing. I mean. The psychological damage. Do you want to spend the rest of your life with that woman? You saw her like... I don't know. They kind of bonded over it all. 
Yeah, but still, that's like, a kind of. I mean, I was. I mean, I, I don't know because I've never been there. It seems like a fucked up thing to share. It's like if your shared interest is in movies, great. Oh, you like going well, to the I park? Mean, that's I like dogs too. Our shared interest was uh, we've both seen countless, countless people. Shot in the head, <laughs> raped, murdered. There's a fun, there's a fun, uh, a fun uh, ske- SNL sketch to write. Them going on a couple's date with some new friends in their new hometown. So how did y'all meet? <laughs> well, my husband. Was... I got on a misconnections <laughs> on uh, Craigslist, and it turns out. Well, see, I was married before with children, and my husband and I had built a home out in native territory. <laughs> and one day, uh, these Cree, what were they? Are they Cree? No, those are uh, Comanche. Comanche. One of these Comanche Indians, they just rode up, shot my husband to death with arrows, scalped him in front of me and my children. As we turned to run, they murdered all my kids around me. So now I'm hiding, scared in the woods. And eventually, this guy, <laughs> this handsome devil over here, he comes riding up with his troops and reassures me that they'll help me bury my dead children. Yeah. And then I go on a, a mission with him to help return a Cheyenne chief that he hates to his core, to his <laughs> homeland, because he's dying of cancer. And there's like 12 of us in the beginning, and by the time we got there, there's like barely four, and then even they died. <laughs> and uh, so eventually it's just me You and thought him. the Oregon Trail was bad. <laughs> eventually it's just me and him, and we did fuck on the... Uh... Oh, and an Indian. An Indian. Oh, and I mean, I got raped by... My fur trappers, about halfway there, was bad. But uh, he did let me, he did hold me that night, which made me feel a little bit better. And, you know, I, I did ride a horse the next day. So it wasn't that bad. The rest is history. He got on the train, rode to Chicago with me, and the little Indian boy we're raising. That was the other part. Now you're raising this Indian, I guess you're raising Indian boy for the same principle. Yeah. You've seen the same shit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like... Maybe uh, they, they, they keep their collective brain, their psyches, out from the crazy town by just having them... It's like, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, they depict, like, World War II buddies that survived the war together having a bond that can't be shared elsewhere because they saw their friends drop, you know, literally dropped out around them for however long they were in country. You know, they went through a hardcore traumatic experience... One that probably wasn't unique to the time. I mean, this is an era when people were having 12 kids because they knew six of them were going to die from some weird, you know, uh, frontier disease before they reached six, you know. People were used, I think people were a bit more uh, accustomed or up close and personal with, uh, with death. And, you know, life expectancy was probably not, you know, early 80s in whatever year this is. It's like, yeah, my granddad died the other day. He's 45. I'm like, well, are you reading Bone Tomahawk? <laughs> <laughs> you can't read on the podcast. I'm sorry, man. It's getting pretty brutal. <laughs> oh, no, you should probably fast forward. We just need to find the, the good stuff here. The whole movie's good stuff. Yeah, but when you're doing a half a show of Zack and Mary and half a show of Hostiles, you got to pick and choose your scenes. I like when this guy's just like standing out in the rain, just letting like rain hit his face. And I've killed women, children. This is like, all right, dude, take a break. <laughs> and he offers the chief some tobacco and then just rides off. And then he ends up killing Ben Foster because Ben Foster killed the dude from ba- uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. And We're really breaking this one down. And then he shoots himself in the head. The night know? of the breakdown. <laughs> 
<laughs> Zach and Miriam hostiles for the fourth or fifth time. This is the way to do it, though. You watch some some comedy nudity. You see some boobies jiggle. You see a little bit of internet hashtag rear pussy. Brandon St. Randy. Brandon St. And then you and then you hard right. And you you get that fucking ribeye with the fat still, <laughs> still you know half raw, and you just start eating the hard shit. Yeah. Well, that's this. Uh, the problem with uh, I still haven't seen it except on the plane. I didn't watch the opening scene. Yeah. Uh, wh- why did I do that? I'm not <laughs> sure, but I, uh, like this scene on the plane, it was the volume sucked and yeah. the screen was dark, and so I could no see, I could see like an edge of his yeah. mustache. No, I watched it. I watched it. Well, one, I took my own headphones on the plane because the Apple earpods help block out a lot of that. Well, I was I had earpods. Bullshit noise. I was able to hear it pretty well. Not necessarily see it, but hear it well. But the great thing about watching any movie on the plane is you, you have nothing else to do. Like, it is... Uh, the airplane is, like, one of the last respites from social media and everything else. Because even though they offer Wi-Fi, it's fucking garbage. Yeah. So if you if you want to try and... Hey, it's Ike. Yep. Uh, even if you want to try and, you know, look at Facebook and some shit, it, it doesn't load. You can't engage the way your, your addicted smartphone brain wants you mm-hmm. to. So being on an airplane, like, you get to devote full focus to a movie, which nobody does anymore. Yeah. Even in fucking movie theaters, people pull their phone out and look yeah. at it for a second. So I watched it. Kind of a pet peeve of mine. I, I don't care about it, people at the movie theater, but, like, if you're someone says, let's watch a movie. Yeah. And, and you, t- you look up, and there's two computers open. and a- That is a pet peeve of mine with me and Kristen. If it's a movie that we've agreed to watch together because we both want to see it, it's even more of a pet peeve when... I give in and let her choose the movie, and it's some dog shit that I don't want to watch. And then you like, like, a horror, like a horror movie that didn't even get a rating. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. We, I know, because she loves to watch any and all horror. If it's in the horror category, she'll watch it. Yeah. She'll watch 45 minutes ago. This is terrible. And turn it off. But she'll she'll try them all. Sure. And so when she's like, do you want to watch the the vampire under the stairs or whatever the fuck? <laughs> Not really. But I always say no to your horror movies. We'll watch yours. When we're 20 minutes in and I'm just like, like I, I just want to peel my skin off because it's so bad and I look over and she's she's scrolling on her phone. I'm like, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> I'm not watching this alone. We are, You will watch this or I'm going to put it on fucking the West Wing reruns. I got, I got one for you. So we were looking for movies. And I, look, I look at this title and I'm like, well, I have to at least know something about this. And the title was Man Who Killed Hitler... And the Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. I watched the trailer. Uh, the production value on the trailer looks legit. Mm-hmm. I looked down, I was like, it must be, I was like, hopefully this is free. It wasn't because it's like still in theaters, yeah. but it was $8 on Uverse. Film imagery does not match the film poster. Right. The film poster would have you believe it's like an inglorious bastards, but gritty kind of thing. Yeah, and it might be, they might be holding back, but so we saw this on Saturday night. Did you that, watch it? Maybe no, I couldn't. I couldn't convince them oh. that eight dollars was worth spending, and they're right, it's not. But I'm downtown today on Ponce, driving by the Plaza Theater. Yeah, they're showing it there, and it is That's showing. How I know about it. The, the man who killed Hitler, and the Bigfoot, and then the Bigfoot, and then the Bigfoot. I'll tell you what, whoever said yeah this title works is absolutely right, because there's no way I'm getting yeah. sucked in without seeing that long ass title. Yeah, because you mentioned everything, you got it all. Hitler and Bigfoot. I mean, yeah. come on. No, I I have a 
I have a friend on Facebook who I don't really actually know all that much, but he was in a, um, a very small uh, indie budget film that in Atlanta that Kristen did makeup for. Mm. I think it was called Nebraska. I don't know if it was a fe- feature-length film or not. It might have been a short, but they filmed like way out in Clarkston because um, it was mostly took place outdoors, and she had to do a lot of um, blood makeup because there was gunshot wounds in it. And he was the main or the, if you're not the lead, what are you, the like the supporting? Yeah, supporting actor. He was one of those in it, and I met most of these people at their rap party at uh, Manuel's Tavern. And I love fa- that place. This was old manuals too. Before oh, this nice. Was, this was like 2011 or 12, probably. This was a while ago. But I Facebook friended a few of those people as a result of that party, and this guy in particular is somebody I'm still Facebook friends with, and I see his posts somewhat often, and he shares things Atlanta and film related all the time. And I also follow the Plaza, and both of them shared the the man who killed Hitler, and also and then the Bigfoot. <laughs> Um, Sam like, Elliott, man. Well, and the, I Ron saw Livingston. The movie's got people in. I saw the title and I was like, "What's this? This looks pretty fucking cool." And then in the in the picture, you see like a tiny little, you know, white mustache dude, and kind of like a background photo. I was like, "That '70s, you know, film poster era drawing looks a whole lot like Sam Elliott." <laughs> Shit, it is. <laughs> Fuck, where's his playing? How do I watch it? I, I have to admit, I've never been to the Plaza for our Atlanta listeners. Oh, I have. I know you have. Yeah. I told Lee, I was like, that'd be a fun date night. Go check out the Plaza and watch. They have that old style of theater, theater seat where the seats are really squishy, like it's thick foam, and they rock. Okay. It's it's cool. It's very old school. We've watched old 35mm horror movies there before. And I feel like we probably saw something that was closer to a, a new release. I don't know if they do true new releases, but... There used to be... Like, Isn't that a new release? It is. It's a, It's like an indie new release. That's yeah, what they yeah. do. But there used to be, and I think there still is, a, the guy, he's an Atlanta, sort of Atlanta celebrity for Halloween makeup and horror makeup named Shane Morton. And he used to do a, like a like a throwback thing. I forget what it was called. It was Professor Morton and something. It's, it's like a monster movie show. So like they would put on an old black and white monster movie, but they would also have stage performing in front with him and his laboratory and his uh, Igor assistant, and it was like a sort of throwback to, like, the Elvira-type era where you had, like, a, a creature feature with a host and shit Speaking like that. Speaking of first boners, Elvira. I remember who you told me your first boner was when you said it was a different blonde person a few episodes ago. It was Beverly D'Angelo. Mm, no. It's in the fucking podcast. I don't think Annals. that's right. You said what did Beverly, I say? You said Beverly D'Angelo when when we watched one of the vacations. It was probably European when she gets naked. Yeah, and then more recently there was another uh, blonde woman in her late thirties, early forties, and then now you're saying Elvira. You've had a lot of first boners. Well, I mean, who can really strap down that first one? I don't know what it exactly was. I just know that. Elvira with those that plunging. Oh uh, yeah, Elvira. Line. Elvira was definitely an early bone for me too. <laughs> She's probably an early bone for like a lot of that, you know, that genre of like, uh, I don't even know what genre it is. Kind of a gothy. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. What's the worst though? I can't. Sorry. Yeah, it's one of those nights. I can't remember the name of the genre I'm thinking of. But for, yeah, kind of, but like. Yeah, that'll come to me. Goth? I think I already said that. Goth, horror, industrial? Yeah, there you go. 
Nine Inch Nails fans? Yeah. We're getting closer. Uh, I can see her a lot of Comic-Cons, you know? There used to be a girl that worked at Bang On in Little Five Points, a place where you can go get, you know, uh, iron-on T-shirts for way too much money. <laughs> and she was what you call a cyber goth. She's the kind that, that wears, like, the really thick, soled boots that go all the way up to the knee. Mm. You know, lots of pleather and fishnets. Let's take a look at this. Um, yeah, look up cyber goth. But they have, they have, like, neon green dreadlocks, but there's also, like, like some sort of like hose mixed in, so there's actual like materials mixed in with the hair. There's usually some goggles. Cyber goth. There's usually like. Oh, there's a, cyber goth dancing. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But oh, I've seen. The, yeah, yeah, I've seen these cyber goth videos where they. Yeah, they, more specifically, you should look up hot cyber goth girl. You'll get more of an idea. But I remember she. There was a hot cyber goth chick that worked at that store, and whenever when we were in high school, whenever me and my best friend Mike would go down, there's like, I'm going to bang on. Like, you really want to spend $40 on a T-shirt with Burt Reynolds on it? like, no, I just want to see if that chick's working. <laughs> just go look at her for a little bit. <coughs> we'll go pretend we're I mean, not. this isn't my bag, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be totally against it. They look like the movies from, like, they look like they're from movie Battleship Earth. Yeah, but in a better way. Oh, well, yeah, that was John Travolta and that guy with the well, lazy eye. Yeah. It's what he actually believes, too. That's the best part of that movie, Battlefield Earth. Like, I that's know, John Travolta a, made that because he believes that. Yeah, that's like an L. Ron Hubbard thing. Yeah, which... I kind of want to fake being a Scientologist or, like, just fake... Just for the success. Just, I said that. When Kristen was in Los Angeles... I don't know if it's about the success. <laughs> I don't think there's probably... <laughs> well, when Kristen was in L.A., the Church of Scientology, they do, like, a screen on the green thing where they play a movie on the on the the grounds and people can go watch it and it's like a free event and the whole point is they want to get you to come take a tour and then they want to see if you're interested in joining and, and Kristen went in to do the tour because it's the celebrity center and she's like fuck I want to see Tom Cruise or whoever like I want to see somebody of course she didn't because that's all private right but I just remember saying to her on the phone because I was she was out there just just her visiting her sister and I was like you know all the Scientologists I can think of are all really wealthy and famous Maybe there's something to that. No. <laughs> Let's join and see if we make some money. Mine would not be for the money. Mine would be so I can actually see the inside of this. Yeah. Just get an understanding. I mean, because everyone that's outside of it shits on it. You don't, you don't have a fear of, like, being mentally broken? No. Into submission and becoming part of their their Boy Scout troop, wherever not, the fuck that shit's Not going. at all. I I was telling you about the documentary now I saw. Oh, Scientologist, please go fuck yourself. That kid was on game night. Jesse Plemons? Yeah, that's the game night cop. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, he's also in Breaking Bad, which I know you haven't seen. No, no, I haven't seen that. And he's the one that Ben Foster kills. This is the peach fucker from the, the movie that was popular last year, two years ago, the gay movie. The uh, Call Me By Your yeah, Name or whatever. Call Me By Your I'm Name. I'm pretty sure he's the one that fucks a peach. Yeah, he, he definitely does. I heard a good story about that. Uh, He's a good French accent in this movie. So this will this will kind of tie it into your porn thing. Don't forget about your Scientology thing. Well, I just wanted to get the inside look at it. It's really nothing more. I'm just interested to see how that works. Okay. Not because I think I'm interested to see because I want to be a Scientologist. I do personally think it's an absolute fraud. <laughs> but I want to see what they how they sell to the to the idiots. What I'm more interested in is how can we do what L. Ron Hubbard did. Because no. he made a lot of money. He did. Like, he, I would start a religion tomorrow if I was going to make some money doing it. Yeah. I can't remember where I was taking this. Oh. Um, I'm talking about Peach fucking and... Yeah, so for that movie... Uh, call Me By call Your me, Name. Call Me By Your Name. 
the director of that movie, they knew they knew in 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 the script they were gonna have to make out that kid and the other, yeah, the older gentleman. I don't know. He was one of the he was one of the Winklevoss twins. Army Hammer. Army Hammer. So it's Army Hammer he and this the kid. Yeah, twins. there's only one. That's right. So I always <laughs> thought there was two. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> that was so stupid. He was one of the Winklevoss twins. He you mean, was. He is the Winklevoss twins. Um, the director knew they were gonna. They had a scene. They knew they were gonna have to make out. Neither of these two are gay. Mm-hmm. And so he said, "We're gonna shoot this scene first. And they were like, "Well, okay." Like they had just gotten to set day one, mm-hmm. and the director says, "We're gonna shoot this first. So being professionals and whatever, they they go at it, and it's like tongue, real deal, all of it. The whole shebang, and they turn around, and no one was filming. <laughs> <laughs> the director did it on purpose so they could break the ice mm. and know that they could do it. Yeah. So when the time came, there would be less awkwardness. But they literally said, "Go at it," and just just quietly backed out of the room. <laughs> so when they, I thought that was freaking brilliant. Oh, I love when you. Hear so that's stories. your facial before we start. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I love when you hear stories like that about directors intentionally causing their actors distress <laughs> to get them to get them to act a certain way because they have a vision but they need something out of the actor that they may or may not be willing to give it's uh that was a deep belch mm-hmm. and that's some flavor to it yeah <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, I'm getting i'm getting ketchup uh, <laughs> getting ketchup and ketchup and onions um the movie Alien, I think, is one that comes to mind where they didn't tell anybody in the room that what was going to happen with John Hurt's mm, chest. Yeah, you mentioned that. They didn't before. warn anybody about that. And the same director did it again in Prometheus with the helmet because there's like some sort of helmet that a that a face grabber launches out of early on in Prometheus, and they didn't tell the actors like that's going to happen. Like he he wants as many genuine fright reactions as he can get. It's like, if I worked for Ridley Scott in a film, and he pulled some shit, and then he's like, hey, I want you to do the sequel. I'm like, listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but what if you won an Academy Award because he did that? You would do it again. That's, that's part it's of true, the... but then there'd always be part of me thinking, like, I want an Academy Award for having a genuine reaction and someone capturing it on film. There was no acting there. No, <laughs> you wouldn't win the Academy Award just on that alone. It would be a part of it. But, I mean, John Hurt's belly exploding. If you, you know... If you've been shit up to that point, but you get a really good scared scene, you're not mm. Denzel. Well, to add fuel to the fire, they not only didn't tell them what was going to happen, but the fake blood was actually like rancid pig's blood and yeah. organ meat. So it was it smelt awful, looks disgusting. Like every reaction on every actor's face is genuine because it shocked and disgusted them all in one go. We got we got to get to one of the action scenes. There's not many action scenes in I this know, movie. I know, there are some. <laughs> Maybe one where they fight the Comanche here in a second and the Indians help them. Native Americans. It's coming I up. I want to know how Oh, much... they, they find her first, that's right. Yeah, they find her, and then they go camping. <laughs> and then the trappers kidnap the women. Not here, though, right? Uh, no, not yet. They, they kidnap the women after... Uh, they kind of all become friends again because she goes off to do dishes in the creek with them. But yeah, I, I want to know like how much uh, Cheyenne Christian Bale actually learned because he speaks a fair amount of native in this movie. Yeah, but that makes me always question the language. I mean, I know like West Studies is very well. I told you studious. This. I told you this because I have this on Voodoo. I have a, a documentary 
on the making of it. And this movie can can tout that it is one of the most authentic in terms of not just language, but hairstyles, clothing choices, color choices, pattern choices. They had uh, Cheyenne, Comanche, etc., descendants and experts on set every day making sure everything was as close to accurate as possible. Mm-hmm. From the language to the costuming and everything else. I think you've told me that before. But. It's a really, I mean, the movie's fantastic. I watched the movie start to finish the night I bought it because I just wanted to see it again at home on my new TV. Yeah. And as soon as the movie was over, I put on the making of documentary, and that was just as impressive. And that's when, on Voodoo? Yeah. I have to find it. When you learned ju- about just as, when you learned about how much more went into it. Like, the movie's incredible, and here's everything we did to make it incredible. I'll have to think about that, just the production value and the, where the dollars go. Yeah. But they had, uh, they had Cheyenne and Comanche men and women on set every day to help with the authenticity of the Native American parts of this film. Mm. And I also had just period historians weigh in on on the uh, the American side of things. It's a very... Because it is depicting true events in history, they wanted to make it as authentic as possible. Was Kills Mini Bear there? <laughs> you can't just force him in like that. <laughs> what are we watching hostiles? <laughs> You're saying they had experts there. None of these poor bastards have even had a chance to beat off before they get murdered by the Comanche. <laughs> Kills many bear, please. <laughs> Just one time. No, I love him to death. He, I guess he does need to come about organically. Well, the humor of Kills Many Bear was never Kills Many Bear. It was the disgruntled other natives, <laughs> ba- you know, who are pissed that he's getting all the tail. <laughs> I'll never get over the. <laughs> The, I mean, when we do it, we still do it at the house. The the, the, the Indian squall. If you, uh, <laughs> it's always the one. So oh, here we go. Here's a little action. I know. I, I, I knew this was coming. Here, that's another part about the opening scene I've often wondered. So he had that. Could have stayed inside. We've established that. Now, I guess the problem would have been they would have split up and gone after the wife and kids. They needed a better plan for that, I think. Again. She can fight. Again, he could have taken cover in one of his windows, held the gun steady, and shot at them once they were a little bit closer. Yeah. The women and children could have still run away, possibly all gotten into the woods, even if he didn't make it. Right. But uh, that that's the whole mistake of, of the beginning of that film. But without that, you don't have... <laughs> You don't have the rest of it. Bambi's mom has to die. Yeah, she does. I read, uh, I was trying to, we are watching uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Oh, what is what a channel is that? We've, it's on Voodoo. Oh, God, I got to see it. I love first Wreck-It Ralph. In uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, because they're in the internet, um, Vanellope eventually is in, like, some Disney part of the internet. And because she's a Disney character and technically a princess, she sort of befriends all the other Disney princesses and they start making jokes about all the things they have in common and she says well I don't have a mother and they goes neither and all of them say neither do we <laughs> which isn't entirely true because Moana does have a mother and she's there oh Moana's in it yeah oh you're hitting me in all the feels now. every Disney princess you can think of is in it even the ones you probably don't know as much like the one from Tangled or Princess and the Frog they're all there and I was like that's true Pretty much every Disney princess I can think of is motherless. Like, Ariel has a dad. She ain't got no mom. They don't even ever talk about it. And I looked up, and so I obviously was like, why are there no moms in Disney princess movies? 
And apparently the theory, going back to the Walt Disney days when he was still living, Walt Disney's this is a famously tragic story. When he was successful as an adult, he bought a home for his mother and father, and it had a bad furnace. So he had people from his studio go and do restoration work on the house and specifically repair the furnace. And his mother died in the house because the furnace leaked, I'm guessing, some kind of gas. Oh, man, I don't recall this. And I've seen a few documentaries, but I don't doubt it either. Famously, his mother and his father both got out of the house, like, coughing. His father was hospitalized in intensive care for a period of time, but his mother died on the scene because of the leaky furnace. That they knew about, that he had the Disney Studio crew fixed when they were doing restoration work on the house. And the running theory as to why there's no mothers in Disney movies is because he never dealt or coped with ultimately. losing and being mildly kind of responsible being, yeah, kind of being the cause of it he bought them the house and she died because of the house that's the theory as to why there's no mothers in the princess movies I don't think hostiles was a good choice <laughs> but um, to my, my point before Moana has a mom well maybe now that's uh, the tide is turning I was trying to think if there's another one I know for a fact that Moana has one I don't know the princess and the frog story that's the one that takes place in uh, New Orleans? I don't know. I think so, but I don't recall if she has a mom But, either. like, Pocahontas is in it. She's got no mom. The great thing about Pocahontas... Well, Pocahontas had a mom. They just don't show her in the, in the, in the movie. The great thing about Pocahontas in Record Ralph 2 is her hair is constantly flowing. Record <laughs> 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 Ralph 2 is good. It's... it's I, I, Say it's better than the first one. Really? Just, I was concerned because that first Wreck-It Ralph was really entertaining. It's good. They go into the internet. It's a whole new thing. Awesome. New voices are in it. Let's take a quick commercial break after P. Safe sex. I wanted to say, in terms of, I, I don't know her name. I think she's very attractive. But <laughs> the actress who plays Mrs. Quaid, the woman from the beginning, who uh, makes it throughout the whole thing. Good choice on her part to do this kind of film now, because if she had done this too close to, um, uh, what's the movie she did with Ben Affleck? Gone Girl? Oh, well, that, yeah, yeah. Where she plays like a raging psycho. Yeah. Like, if she had done a film like this where you're supposed to care about her <laughs> too close to that, right from the word go, the minute one, the first kid has a good fucking No, this idiot. came out after. I know it did. I know that's what I'm saying. If she had done this kind of film too close to Gone Girl, oh, when you yeah. hated her, yeah. when you when you see this film, if you're still thinking, I hate this woman, <laughs> the minute one kid dies, you're like, good, you deserve that. <laughs> oh, there's two. Ooh. Oh, poor you. Your kids got murdered. You killed John Patrick Harris in his bed <laughs> while he was inside of you. He loved you. You crazy bitch. <laughs> we saw Ben Affleck's dong because of you. I don't know if you we know We also that. got to see Emily Ratajkowski naked. That was kind of cool. <laughs> seen her naked on the internet already, but this was in film, so there was movement. Yeah, it was different. Very, she very different. a lot. That wasn't so bad, but which still. One, which one is that? She's the she's like his younger... Oh, the college girlfriend? Yeah. That, yeah. She famously got nude first in that Robin Thick. the... The I Know You Want It song. Oh, God. She famously got naked in that first. And now, I mean, just just Google Emily Ratajkowski. If you can figure out how to spell her last name. We don't have to watch this. Just naked, 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 naked. Everywhere. She's no Alexandra Daddario, bruh. 
no, but I, I mean, if you were to put them side by side in a room and go, you must choose, it'd be difficult. But you're still going to die. I don't know. Dude, it's like... I don't know. It's not a doubt in my mind. I don't know. All she has to do is one of those things that you see on the what internet now we, where they yeah. boob drop, where they pull the shirt... It's called a titty drop. And I then you... For, for the male listeners or the women, you know, if you're into it, <laughs> Google titty drop gif and have yourself some fun. It's just a shirt slowly coming up and the warlock's plopping down. <laughs> What's the name of the girl we were comparing? Emily... Radikowski, but good luck spelling. Just do. I'm just gonna do it phonetically. Came up, yeah, Radikowski. Yeah. I got it right here. I I would say if we were to put the Alessandro Daddario True Detective brief sex scene side by side with her brief nudity scene with Ben Affleck, where she's all jiggly too, it's a tough call. Radikowski, it went away. It's like Radikowski. Yeah, there's a J in there somewhere. Okay, yeah, I remember her. No, what, what should I search for? Nude. <laughs> I knew. I'm getting old, my sir. Oh. I'm just saying, you sit them side by side. She too. Here's the problem. I mean, right <laughs> off the bat, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the problem. Okay. Far too skinny. So says you. It's not a problem for me. It's dude. I see. If I can see too many ribs. This like is good news because now it means that you can have Daddario in this scenario, and I can have Reta Jukowski. Oh, so it's like the world has crumbled, and we're living in a post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic yeah, world. Yeah, I'm Woody Harrelson. You're uh, the other one, <laughs> and they're the sisters that steal our guns. And uh, you know. It, yeah, dude. Dude, she looks emaciated. I see what you're seeing first, but that's that's too too skinny. Nah. Wait, yeah, way too skinny. Also, how do actresses these days just get like? Uh, she put that where? On her Instagram? I don't know. Why would she do that? But in all the f- think about all the fun, floppy, flubbledy, bubbledyness of that True Detective scene, when those things just come flopping out. Mm-hmm. She has lots of good jiggly, jiggly action in the Gone Girl scene. Jiggly boobs and jiggly butt. Thong. I mean, how jiggly? I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. <laughs> it's a great argument. I think one of my... I, I say, why argue about it at all? If we're the last four people on Earth, it's <laughs> we're, we're not going to have that famous Kramer and Mickey moment where they can't decide over which girl they're going to do. <laughs> we can wear the same Hawaiian shirt to the party and it won't matter. <laughs> I think we'd both be happy. I just need, I just need a little bit more meat on the bone. I know. You're a Maryland guy. Yeah. And I've famously said in the word girl, like in high school, like my go-to celebrity at the time was Selma Blair. Did we ever... Famously thin. Selma Blair, though. See, now... Back in those days. I mean, what are we talking? We're talking like the era where she uh, tried to get Matthew Perry to have sex with her on Friends. So is that in and around the same time as the uh, vampire film? What vampire film? The uh, Quentin Tarantino from Dust Till Dawn? That's Selma Hayek. What did I say? What did you say? <laughs> Selma Blair. Oh, yeah. Selma Blair can go kick rocks. We've done this before. Again, you're going for the curvy Latina girl, <laughs> and I'm going for a thin white chick. Well, Alexandra Daddario is not an Italian girl, but... Or no, she's and, well, and she's not particularly curvy either. She's just a little bit more meaty than, than she is, and I guarantee you a lot of that just has to do with the height difference. Uh, maybe. I'll bet Daddario's like 5'4", and she's 5'8". I'm not saying this woman isn't lovely. 
But I'm just saying, like, I just... And I'll say this. She's got more meat on her bones than Katie from Letterkenny, and you'd let her take a shit on your oh, chest. Oh, I don't think she's got it. No, Katie on Letterkenny is a fine specimen. You don't see any rib. Her, sure you do. The stomach doesn't tink in before it hits the hips. I'm telling you. This is like having a conversation with my friend Adam in high school <laughs> when he would say, like, eh, she has too many eyelashes. Like, <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? Do I didn't you want say, to see her naked or not? I didn't say eyelashes. I'm simply saying, like, when they're... If their legs are together, I don't think there should be any any sun, sunshine coming through. You don't like a little thigh gap? No. Okay. And this movie has far too much. Or this girl has far too much gap. Now you're looking it up to find some other picture when she doesn't look so skinny or something? No, I just... I want to I wanna do a, a comparison. You always want to do a comparison. We could put it out there. <coughs> oh, I guess I left out a key word here. Nude? Yeah. yeah, that's going to be a big player. This is a work computer. It's fine. What's uh, what's the girl from Letterkenny's name? I don't know. In real life, I have no idea. We're going to find out. <laughs> you gonna do like a, are you doing like a cut shot and put them all three right next to each other? Uh, no, not necessarily. This isn't what I want. You're looking at that's like the actual town in Ireland you found there, isn't it? Might have been. Yeah, because Letterkenny is not a real place. No, it's not. Which is too bad, because I would totally go there. Michelle Milet <laughs> is her name. And I know that there are no new photos, because I may or may not have already looked. <laughs> hey, you do you, bud. Well, Brenda is actively looking for more pictures of nude Hollywood starlets. Now we have Michelle Wilet. Oh, I know what I'll do. Oh, now he knows. Dead time. She is no thinner. Er. Oh, wow. Boy, you get all the shots. Thank you, Google. There's nothing wrong with this when you compare it to any of these. Yeah, but you're not getting the same comparison. No, because... because <coughs> like, look right there. <coughs> Go back there. I she, don't see any rib. Yeah, but she's also not standing in a very, very evocative way. <coughs> this is a pose. Dude, it wouldn't matter if she was standing or laying down. I see rib everywhere. This is a pose. <coughs> Look at those ribs. There's, she's sucking in to accentuate her boobs. Okay. These are poses. There's no ribs there. I'm, well, I don't know. The shade. There's no ribs there. Nah, well, taking it, taking it your word on it. There's no ribs there. What are you no talking about? I can no see ribs. You're pointing at the ribs. Oh, yeah, where the ribs are in the human body. No, I can. Uh, this is a stupid argument. I bet there's ribs <laughs> under the dress she's wearing. Can we get some Dadaria in here? Just, it, just quash this beef because I'm not choosing any of these two women. What's her name? Alexandra? Dadaria. Dadario. Boobs. <laughs> we'll just go with nude on that one as well. Again, this is a work computer. It's oh, that fine. yeah, that's not real. That I don't know. What no, that is. the second one. <laughs> no. That's yeah, a, that, those at are. At a glance, this is weird looking. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about what is this? This this is one of those things where they've trans. Oh, I like this one. They've transposed her face. Yeah. Into that terrible. And not very well. Not very well. Oh boy, is this what the show is diver- divulging into? <laughs> Us looking at nude porno mags. She, I will say, I wouldn't call Alexandra Daddario. That's not. Is that real? 
No. No, it's not real. It's not real. It's a good Photoshop job. It is nice. I would call. I would put Alexandra Daddario in the uh, athletic category. I wouldn't call her curvy in that traditional okay. male sense. Okay. I can. I can. Uh, concede and, and that. And again, I would say it if it's the four of us on a desert island and the world is over. You can have AD, and I'll take uh, <laughs> ER. Those are the last two. I mean, we might there might be a situation where we switch it up. You never know. You never know. My point is, in terms of overall thinness, you can't be a huge fan of Tiny Face McGee over here. <laughs> and be like, ah, she's got ribs. I'm not into it. I'm not. I I uh, I oppose that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking taking all this in. It's, we were going to call this Are the you sign. more bone tomahawk? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it in bits, okay? I'm letting you have your time to talk about... Listen, there's a lot of movie to read about, and then the last 15 minutes is when the weird fucked up cannibal shit starts. Well, I I'm just got there, and I'm yeah. starting to get good. The reactions on Kurt Russell's face alone when he watches yeah, you this cannibalistic that. ritual is just like, good God, you'd believe that he actually believes what he's seeing. He's an amazing actor. And a Trump supporter. We've been down this road. But I don't care. Hell, he tried to start tonight by watching his Santa Claus Christmas special in February. Fake news. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about Bernie's in the race again. Yeah, where he's like six million in the first uh, two days. It's funny. You know he'd be so old. He would be, but so would Joe Biden. They're one year apart in age. Yeah. Fucking Nancy Pelosi's 78. All this just highlighted my thought of, we need fucking young people to run this country now. These are fucking people who just figured out how Facebook works. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> I saw them at the Zuckerberg hearing, and it was like, they don't one, they don't understand Facebook, and they also yeah. understand that it's a business. I want, I mean, put put away all political differences and, and realize that the people making legislative decisions in this country don't, literally don't connect with a huge portion of this country because they don't understand what we take for granted is just basic shit like Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> to be fair, I don't really I don't really know how Twitter works because I've never taken an interest in learning it because I think it's stupid, but people making decisions that govern our lives are like, how do I see my page and not everyone else's? <laughs> it's like, all right, you're out. <laughs> You know, you, you, you learned constitutional law back in the day. It's great, but we don't need you making decisions that govern our lives anymore. This is this is like giving an old person a camera. Mm. It's like you don't know what you're doing anymore. So we need some young blood in there. Oh, I mean, what's, uh, what's the young to you? Uh, well, I mean, AOC is a good example of a young person. And part of me feels like some of her ideas are wackadoo, but part of me feels like she gets attacked because she's threatening. It's that sort of... He doth protest too much, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like, why are you yelling so much about this person all the time? Is it because she's a genuine threat, or because you're afraid of her and the fact that she's eventually going to uh, outlive and ultimately outnumber you and your ideology? <laughs> it's like, because that's that's the real case. That fucking uh, Danish historian who was all in the news for weeks because he went to that Davos thing and told billionaires to their faces, everybody came here to talk about how to fix the world's economic problems. Meanwhile, you know, 1,500 private jets flew here, <laughs> and the one thing no one's talking about that could make a huge difference difference is uh, people like the people in this room uh, and their tax avoidance. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm at a, a, con- a firefighter's convention and we're not allowed to talk about water. 
like to the, like the like the room like air got sucked out of the room. It yeah. just took a room full of billionaires who most likely have money and offshore accounts all over the world and you know dodge taxes left and right. Like you know you could just start paying your taxes and things might change. And then one of the douches, I think the guy that runs Dell, had the balls to be like, show me a country where paying more taxes has ever made a difference. He's like, I'll show you one right now. It's called America in the 1950s and 60s. <laughs> Top marginal tax rate under Republican Dwight Eisenhower was 90%. And that is the era when everybody wanted to be like the American middle class. Dude's, dude had nothing to say after that. <laughs> Well, then he got yelled at. I saw your... I, had, I read about it yesterday, but... When he got yelled, yelled at on Tucker, Tucker Carlson, because Tucker brought That's him That's what you on, should call Tucker. Tucker. Tucker Carlson. Tucker brought him on to applaud him for giving those billionaires what for, because he's like, you know, despite any sort of political differences, I agree with you on the tax avoidance thing. That's a real problem. And the dude was like, yeah, you know what else is a problem? The fact that people like you have been bought off by the billionaire class like Rupert Murdoch and you just spew his bullshit on your network every day and people who watch you just eat it up and think it's true. Immediately. <laughs> he's like, he's like, and Tucker's mad and he's like, listen, you're, you brought me on because you're happy that I, you know, called a pig a pig or whatever the phrase is, called a spade a spade at the fucking Davos thing. And this is no different. You and every other anchor on your network are all millionaires. How, how could that be? How could you all be millionaires? Oh, I know, because you're all employed by billionaires who want you to spew their fucking ideology and bullshit. He said, why don't you guys do some honest reporting and the billionaires at Davos can stop avoiding taxes? And, and immediately Tucker was like, you know what? You can go fuck yourself. And, and they never aired it. It's like, you fucking moron. You fucking moron. I was like, ooh, big bad Tucker. You know, somebody struck a nerve when they started talking about his money and the fact that he's bought and paid for it. <laughs> he came out today and said it was from the heart. Whatever the fuck that means. Well, what was even slicker on that dude's part was having somebody film the whole thing. Because it's like, I'm going to go after him, and when they ultimately air this to make me look like a fool, we can air the unedited cut and show what <laughs> bullshit Fox News is. Like, that dude's plan was a win-win either way. Either they don't air it, and I can show everybody what an asshole he is, or they do air it and edit it to make me look foolish, and I can show them what an asshole he is. It kind of makes you want to catfish somebody like that. Because you know they have those young kids that are just plants. They talk about... You know, when a, when a school shooting happens, yeah. you know, those are just plants. But I would love, because you know, what they do is they bring on, uh, I've seen it too many times, the same girl yeah. has played, you know, super radical liberal and also super conservative. And you're like, y'all are so blatant about it, you don't even give a fuck. Wait, she's like an actress and she's part of his staff. Mm -hmm. And she shows up whenever they complain about, like, some liberal campus issue and she's there to represent the liberal student. It's like... She's clearly like 30. <laughs> and also a staff member on your show who we saw making arguments for the right like four weeks ago. <laughs> Didn't uh, even change her this hair. Is fucking, this is w, WWF. <laughs> Political wrestling. That's all this is. She's a fucking actor. And then before you know it, people, you know, relatives of ours, probably even my brother at some point. In fact, he did share one. Banks shared a video of her, you know, making some ridiculous liberal claim. It's like, yeah, that's an actress. She's she's on his staff. <laughs> Forget Democrat. She's she's not even a student. She's in her fucking thirties and she's an employee of Fox News. We well, know that's what I'm saying. Catfish. You get in there, and over time, you know, you shave your beard, wear long shirts and stuff. Mm. You don't have to actually. You can just play the role of like bikers for Trump. 
That's your end. You can keep the beard. Get it's a leather true. jacket. Yeah. Yeah. White supremacists, bikers for Trump. And then you just be an easy gra- sell. gradually get onto Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you have at it. And then you unleash the true colors. <laughs> uh, it's just a dream of mine. I just like seeing it because it's just, like you said, it fu- you could just tell that that shit hit him in a particular spot. Well, it goes, it made, it's it's just telling me he's a little baby back bitch. You're 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 nothing. Yeah. It's like any Facebook debate where you're having a good quarrel and then you strike a nerve and instead of responding the way they have been the whole time, they go, "Well, fuck you, you fucking bitch." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, I hit a nerve." <laughs> Truth hurts. It's like the AOC shit, like I was saying before, like, "Why are they going after her so much?" Because they're kind of scared of what she represents. Mm. She's got some Looney Tunes ideas. I don't think you're going to ever run a train from the US to Europe. But some of the other more practical Bernie-esque shit that she echoes, you know, that's that shit that's popular with young America. I just went right to the scene. Yeah, <laughs> no, the raping's over. Oh. Yeah, we'll fast forward to here while she's in recovery mode. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was clear, it was like, it was clear that, that uh, somebody... It was fun to watch it happen. The right are really and, leaning on those Looney Tune ideas, though. Oh, yeah, they're leaning hard. And Mitch McConnell uh, wisely is is putting that Green New Deal to a Senate vote so they can rub that in all the presidential candidates' faces whenever the uh, campaign comes around. Right. Mitch McConnell might be the most un-American person on this planet. I'll uh, say that more than Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, that that man and, and people of his ilk have no problem wiping their assholes, their, their rich white assholes, with the Constitution. They have no problem with changing setting changing the rules and adjusting and setting precedent, if you will, when it suits them. Mm. I, for one, in terms of setting precedent, cannot wait for the day that when we have a Democrat president after a massive public uh, shooting decided to just declare a national emergency, who gives a fuck what Congress has to say about (laughs) it, on guns and and take some sort of executive action Mm. to do it. Every fucking right-winger who loves their guns and loves what Trump's doing right now for the wall is going to be hyper-pissed. And before you can explain to them, you know, the nuances of it all, first you're going to have to explain to them the difference between the word president and precedent, and then... (laughs) And then you can get into the more subtle nuances of it all, but it's just like... Like, people talked about how Obama thumbed his nose at the system and, and, you know, I've got a pen and a phone. It's like, where are you you fucking at now? Mm. This cocksucker is diverting state funds, military funds, and FEMA funds to build a fucking wall we don't need. That was actually a good bit about uh, (laughs) one of the Democratic people that, because he signed the bill, Mm. right, to stop it from being another uh, lockout or whatever they call it. Shutdown. Shutdown. Yeah. And he was really clever in it. There's parts where they can't build the wall. There's mm-hmm. stretches where, like, national parks where they had been fighting and they, people were really concerned. But on the second flip side of that, there's, like, these Texas farmers that are white and country boys, anybody else, that are saying, you're not taking my land. Yeah. I'm not going to give in to this eminent domain stuff. You well, know? that goes back to more... Republican hypocrisy. My dad famously used to tell me stories about the Clinton administration seizing property because there was a field mouse that was endangered. So they're gonna they're gonna take this property and, and make it federal land to protect that field mouse. And some poor poor bastard who inherited his daddy's farm lost his property as a result. And how the big bad left scary government's just gonna take our property. 
It's like <laughs> flash forward to fucking now. Like, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna take all the fucking property along the uh, Rio Grande, the U.S. Mexico border, mm-hmm. and put a wall there, whether they like it or not. That's not government overreach. We're only interested in government overreach when it's a black guy doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think Clinton was black <laughs> at heart. Maybe. Well, the last Democrat was also accused of too much government overreach. That's what I said last week or the week before and, uh, when we were talking about abortion. Like, if you're too fucking big for wallets, you're too big for pussies, too. <laughs> you can't have your fucking money and, le- and eat your pussy, too. That's not the phrase. <laughs> I don't think that was... That's not the phrase. That's not the phrase. It, it works. You can't, have, you can't have your money and eat the pussy, too. Is that, is that what it was? <laughs> no, but it's just like fucking... Pick, Von Hessler says it all the time. like, be consistent. If you're going to be mad when Obama has a pen and a phone, you got to be mad when Trump does too. You be, if, if you're going to tell a political line, at least be consistent. Mm. And call bullshit on your guy when he does the thing that the last guy did that, that you were upset about. Like, is the government too big? Yes. All right, well, that means it's too big for everything. It needs to get the fuck out of out of uh, what gay people do, what women do, what whether or not we can smoke pot in this state or another one needs to get out. Get it out of the wallets and everything else. And if you're not going to do that and you're going to start, you know, fucking cherry picking like you like to do with your Bible, then guess what? People like me are going to fucking make fun of you for it. <laughs> Figure I start with a slow clap on that one. Thank I you. I feel your passion tonight. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard all this before, but it seems like it's been ramped up. I don't know. I just, I get so, I'm so tired of this news cycle. Like, Part part of me part of me hopes that we. I, I'm of I'm of so many minds when it comes to the next presidential election because you look at the crop they have out now and it's like, fucking too old and too older, mm-hmm. and Kamala Harris is being taken seriously and it's like uh, I don't see myself voting for her. Mm. I'll tell you what I, I Leah thinks I'm a pessimist and you call me what you will, mm. but I was like I, I'm feeling pretty good he's gonna get another term so be it whatever. I am too, and that's what I was getting well, well, at. Let me finish. I'm, I'm just tired of all the late night jokes and the. I know. I'm tired of making fun of him. Listen, I'm pretty sure he's gonna win, but the one thing I am looking forward to is whoever he does debate. Right. Mm. If they do it right, and they should, they should take the Trump method of making this television. Yeah. They need to hire. <laughs> if the Hollywood elite, so I get really impatient with trying to take political stances all the time. Mm. But if you want to play Trump's game, you play it on the Hollywood level. That's what he is. He, yeah. he wants to be a, a superstar. It's all he ever wanted to be. I mean, he used to call the newspapers himself and brag and about pretend himself. To be, pretend to be John Byron or whatever yeah. his name was. I mean, you have to play his game. So this game is to make it television. And, and to maybe, like, when, you know, these guys... From CNN, he probably won't do that debate. That'll be funny. He'll probably ask for three Fox News-only debate. Yeah, all, all hosted by Sean Hannity. All Sean Hannity hosted. But when the when the you know person reads a question, you say, that's I thank you for that question. I want to read this list of tweets <laughs> unrelated to your question, right? Yeah. Oh, let's go back to when he said this. I want to talk about Confederates and neo-Nazi apologists. <laughs> I'm sure there's some very good ones. Yeah. But I want to talk about that. Like, if someone does this the right way and they needle him enough, mm-hmm. it could be something that probably he still wins, but it would be something that would be, like, highly entertaining to watch him kind of have a real... And a meltdown. Oh, yeah, you would love to watch him <coughs> do what you ultimately only get to hear Tucker Carlson do with that Danish historian. Just fucking, like, we started this on, on a... 
equal footing. We're going to talk about some shit that I've said before. Mm. And now I'm using my platform to frustrate the fuck out of you. Mm. And slowly but surely, Tucker Carlson goes from trying to have a conversation. Well, you can just go fuck yourself, you mm. fucking moron. Yeah. And what you try to do, I would personally, one of the angles, if I was uh, an advisor, mm. If I'm telling them what I think, I think you, you quote a lot from the Bible mm-hmm. and you hit them right with what part of the Bible was it? And it needs to be very simple verses that like John 3.16. Yeah. When, well, when he gets stunted on that, I mean, John 3.16 is a I verse. I know, but the Christian right has been uh, noticeably silent. I, oh, I know. But if you, if you show them, <laughs> so, this man is not, he's yeah. not a Christian. He's, he's selling My you a bill of goods. I don't think they care. They've all that whole wing that that fringe. That's fair enough. That fringe wing of anti-gay, anti-abortion. We need more prayer in schools. They've all gotten noticeably quiet during this man's presidency and his during his campaign because they're all behind him for his various ideologies around you know politics and the economy. But none of them can defend. Even fucking Brandon Tarver <laughs> couldn't defend the stupid, vile, clearly non-Christian shit he says. <laughs> but it just goes to prove and show that none, okay, of them, none of them really give a fuck. There's a great clip from the West Wing that gets brought up on Facebook every so often where the woman in the room when the president walks in won't stand up, and it's because he's in favor of gay marriage. And she quotes that famous man will not lay with another man you know, verse in the Bible. And then to come back at her, he says... Uh, while you're here, I need to know, is it okay for me to sell my daughter on Sunday if... And he starts rattling all this other shit off from the quote. And if I, if my mother says a word against me, do I have to stone her in public or can I do it on my own time? He, starts, <laughs> he just starts pointing out all these other just fucking like outdated, ludicrous rules from the same body of text mm-hmm. just to kind of make his point to her like, your ideologies forget outdated. It's fucking arcane and it's surrounded and couched with a bunch of shit that as a society we've agreed to let go a long time ago. <laughs> so it just go, it goes to show those people don't give a fuck because they're all fucking hypocrites and they like to cherry pick what they like and they don't like. So I think if you did that, it'd be amusing to me. But it it's not like Ethel from the church from two episodes and was like... <gasps> I'm not going to vote for him this year. <laughs> I'm going to vote for the Democrats. I hope it, the only, I'll, I'll, in my political portion on this, which has been light, uh, the money issue could be serious. The tax return thing seems like that could be really effective. That has been particularly fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I have been reading story after story on Facebook and elsewhere from Trump-supporting Republicans who were genuinely disgruntled mm-hmm. because... They made the same income, they did the same withholding, and they're used to seeing a $1,200 tax refund, and now they have a $975 tax debt. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what the fuck? I couldn't be more middle class. Mm -hmm. I make, you know, one of the guys is like, I make $75K a year. (coughs) I've always done this withholding. I've always gotten $1,200 back in returns. Because of this new Trump tax structure that's supposed to be good for people in my position, I actually am not getting a refund. I actually owe almost $1,000. And you just keep reading story after story like that. And the my favorite ones are the ones who still want to praise the man and then say, well, it's my fault because I didn't restructure my tax withholding. I could have saved better throughout the year to prepare for this. This is this is my fault, not the government's. That, that they're truly clinging to that 
personal responsibility side that Republicans like to preach at. And whenever I read those, I was reading one to Kristen there, and I was like, could this poor bastard sound any more like an abused housewife? <laughs> like, I know he gets me, but he does love me. Like, I know I know he meant to give me more money, and then he ended up actually making it so I would owe more, but it's my fault. I should have done the withholding better. It's, it's my responsibility to do this. It's not his. He didn't do anything wrong. Like, these people that are still defending him, even when it's clear that his tax cut is only benefiting people like him and definitely not the middle class, are like, eh, it's my fault. I could have restructured this. I could have done this better on my end. This is my fault entirely. <laughs> you want to wrap this up with a laugh of some sort? <laughs> I just laughed at that. <laughs> oh, just, I feel like WFUZK. Well, if we're going to laugh, we certainly can't laugh at the headshot wound of Rory Cochran right here. We'll go ahead and fast forward to the end when the Cheyennes get murdered on their own land. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's that's the dude from Peaky yeah, Blinders. No, he doesn't make it either. No, you don't. You don't come back from that. I remember when I got Kristen to watch this movie. I said, "You have to go into this knowing that most people don't make it." <laughs> but it's. But I said, "I want you to finish it because it's still a really good movie with a great ending. So you have to get through it." And uh, I think, much like Leah, she wasn't a huge fan. <laughs> And I was like, I think it's great. This is this is going to be, like, when I was a kid, my dad would, like, have to stay home from work because he was sick or something. He would always put on The Godfather. You know, it was, oh, like, yeah, it was yeah. like one of his stay-at-home sick movies. Uh, and this will definitely be one of my stay-at-home sick movies when I'm, like, old dad. My kids are home from the summer, and I had to call out sick because I got a cold. <laughs> what are you watching? Hostiles. Hostiles. Can I watch? No. No. <laughs> I mean, yes, but... Don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a weird ride tonight. I think we've discovered a few facts that we probably already knew. I think one thing we can agree on around this episode, this is 51, and I think, if anything, we can agree that episode 52 cannot be like episode <laughs> <laughs> I mean, We had some laughs, but... The combination of a few things and that pizza, I felt. You've seemed sleepy tonight. It, it's I ate the middle piece. I never eat the middle piece. What is that corner piece? Uh, definitely put me down. Oh, I mean, I think uh, both of us are just gonna have to bring the energy next week. Plus, we switched up the date this week. It's Threw it all Thursday, off. It's Thursday and yeah. Tuesday. The whole thing's the whole thing's different. Well, anyways. W-F-U-C-K! Bam! <laughs> Look at the country. The bam. The bam. W-F-U-C-K. I was just doing a bummed out GV. The bam. The bam. <laughs> 97.5. We had too much pizza to eat. We watched a movie with titties, and then we watched a movie with child murder. It's been a real downer of a day, folks. I don't have to tell you. Here's Chevelle. <laughs> Here's... Just put on fucking Creed. <laughs> well, I what about you know what? Here's Audio Slaves. Oh, that's they weren't that bad. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Power. I'll say this: Rage Against the Machine was good, and Soundgarden was good. Mm. Audio Slaves not so good. Okay. And your heart, <laughs> I long to be. All right.
right. I mean, no offense, the guy's dead and all, but still, that, that band is... Oh, we, we never make fun of dead people here. <laughs> Holla! 